Are you in Brisbane and looking for Brisbane's largest range of premium aerosol paints and accessories? Crush City was established in 2010 to provide a great retail space where artists in Queensland can find the best quality materials and equipment for every occasion. Crush City also stock markers and budget sprays for every project. To find out more about their products, call Crush City today on 07-33-929-556. Open from 9 to 5pm daily and located at 423 Ipswich Road, Annerley. Crush City are official sponsors of Beers, Beats and the Biz. Doors closing. Please stand clear. Media Fortress is an Australian web hosting company operating out of Melbourne, established in 2009. They offer domains, hosting, website builders and online marketing support. If you are sick of sending your dollars overseas for a slow loading website, check out Media Fortress. They will transfer your website free. Domains from as little as $17.50 and hosting from as low as $7.50 per month. Head to mediafortress.com.au for 100% Australian-owned domain registration and Australian hosting, custom website design, and search engine optimization and marketing. That's Media Fortress, mediafortress.com.au, or call them on 1300 308 488. Media Fortress are official sponsors of Beers, Beats, and the Beers. Support businesses supporting us. You want to know the real deal? Here it is. You tuned in to Beers, Beats and the Beers. All right, check it out. This is the Beers, Beats and the Beers podcast broadcasting live from the Shire Studios, as we always do. My man Insidious on the boards, the producer extraordinaire. Now, last week we just sat down and we, you know, we talked that talk, we talked our talk and we just um, politicked over some music. Me and Russ, man, we just got into it. We had a guest fallout at the last minute and it was what it was and we decided, man, it was about time for a fuck you play me part three. So, you know, it's pretty much as simple as that. You can go back to it. We just talk some random shit about some songs and, you know, in some cases, they relate back to prior episodes so you might get a little bit of back back talk on some um, some of our older episodes and then in other cases it didn't we played some Oz joints some US joints and a couple of UK joints in that one so yeah go back thanks for everyone that tuned into that one and uh, sorry for leaving you guests free but we are making up for it this week please believe and uh, man listen if you want to share this podcast around if you want to get at us you can get at us via Instagram on at beers beats the beers uh, support our Patreon patreon.com forward slash beers beats the beers and if you want to build with this podcast hit us up at the Gmail or at Instagram. They're the best places to find us. Beersbeatsandthebiz at gmail.com. As you can see, we are out here. We are building. You're hearing a different intro as we go into this week's episode. And we're joined by a a living legend, man, a dude that's done it all. And uh, we're going to pick it up here. All right, here we are. We're good to go. This is once again the Beers, Beats and the Biz podcast back in effect for another week. And uh, listen, we are joined by, uh, once again, joined by just a, a living legend from the wild, wild west. But we're going to get to him real quick. Um, big shouts to everyone out there supporting this podcast. Um, we're out here every week. You can jump on our social media at Beers, Beats, the Biz. Go to our Patreon. Listen, man, you can kick in as little as a dollar a month. Head to patreon.com forward slash Beers, Beats, the Biz. Um, listen, all the support this podcast is getting uh we greatly we greatly appreciate now i have to shout out from the outset my man steve from media fortress get at media fortress man web design all that kind of thing big shouts to steve from media fortress who's uh a huge supporter of this podcast and also a big shouts to wanderer clothing who have uh you know decked this podcast out in recent times me and russ have been doing their thing with us but um listen there's not much to back announce in terms of last week last week we had a guest fall through and me and russ just sort of at the last minute we didn't want to leave anyone hanging so we just thought ah fuck it we'll just kick 
back. We've been bringing guests after guests for the past 10, 11 episodes, and every so often it's nice to just get into the music and just talk some random rubbish about music, you know? That's what, you know, that's kind of what we're all about, and um, that's what we did. We just played a bunch of joints that loosely, you know, probably loosely relate back to the podcast in some capacity or <laughs> or in no capacity whatsoever, so, you know, it was what it was. But, yeah, that was episode 91 for you guys, and thanks to everyone pressing play on that one. But, I mean, listen, this week we don't need to bullshit around. Once again, you can support us. Oh, also, if you're listening on um – if you're listening on either Patreon, Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, iTunes and all that sort of shit, please head down to the bottom, rate, subscribe, uh, leave a comment if you wish. I mean, man, rate as much as you want or as little as you want, however you feel, like do it, you know, do your thing, be honest with it. And uh, it is what it is. But yeah, that all that shit just greatly uh, greatly helps us and uh, we appreciate your time in doing so. Anytime you do that kind of thing, anytime we see those new ratings, it's uh, more than appreciated. And once again, we're at, on, uh, we're at Beers Beats the Biz on social media and all that sort of shit. But let's let's quit fucking around. Let's get to this dude because we are joined by an absolute legend, man. A um, a dude who uh, who well, man, like you know, one of the founding fathers of graffiti in this country, out of Western Australia, painted you know, been painting since the mid eighties. Um, he brought European paint to this country in the late nineties. Um, he's represented this country globally. We're going to get into all that stuff. There is so much to talk with Shime about, my man. And Shime. Shime, how you going, bro? I'm very well this fine, whatever afternoon, Wednesday afternoon. It's, it is a Wednesday <laughs> afternoon indeed, man. It's a Wednesday evening here in Brisbane, a Wednesday afternoon for you, bro. Like, uh, man, once again, it's an absolute honour. We've been going backwards and forwards a bit over the past couple of days and stuff. And, you know, as I already stated, man, you're a dude that has done so much. And, you know, I sort of, I just bullshit through these intros a little bit. But, I mean, honestly, this dude has imported paint. He's put out a magazine. He's organised events. He's uh, even had a run of stamps through Australia Post back in the late 90s, like, there's not much this man hasn't done and he's taken he's taken Perth graffiti or Australian graffiti to the rest of the world on numerous occasions you know and we're going to get into all that stuff via his travels and you know so so many so many and varied contributions bro but you know just before like you know we're trying to I mean for those listening for those little little bit of background on the podcast we always like to try and do things via Skype and all that we've got to upgrade to fucking Zoom at some point but we couldn't get this we couldn't get the Skype rocking so we're just going via phone but um, you know, so hopefully there isn't too much of a delay. I'll be conscious of the fact that Mike's in WA. There is a two-hour or two-three-hour delay between the two of us here. So Skype always sort of narrows that down. It helps us with that. But um, yeah, just going via phone. But um, dude, we were, what were we just talking about? We we're just talking about like you know, kind of how you you know, having run stores, having been involved in this culture for so many years, you kind of you know, you have there's a degree of fascination there with the people behind. Uh, the people behind the art. And I think that's what we do with this podcast. Man, can you break it down a little bit what you were telling me, like your your own sort of fascination with the people that you've met through graffiti? Well, it's, you know, the, I suppose the one thing about being around for so long, not that you – I don't know, I've always been one of these people who, um, you know, I don't want to be like this old school person. I want to be considered more of a relevant person. Yeah. So that's why I'm always continually trying to like like teach myself, you know, new things and graph all the time. But one of the things I've sort of learned over time, uh, especially through having the paint stores and doing the paint business and and just travelling and meeting people, and you know, you 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 start to realise there's a common thread between writers and and people that write or people that paint, and and 
and, it, and there's two two very common elements that I have noticed over the years. Uh, and the first one is most writers don't like other writers. <laughs> yeah, dude, I've noticed that For one what, too. <laughs> whatever reason, you know, everyone likes a little bit of beef. Everyone likes, you know, uh, so you know, you, you're always like the the villain in someone's story, or you're always the hero in someone else's story. Certainly. Uh, and, and that that's sort of one common thread that I've sort of noticed. But then the other side of it is is how people can communicate who absolutely have no language in common with each other Uh, and they can all of a sudden you know you can you can go to a place and rock up and you know as long as you can sort of show what you can do and you're a fairly cool person about it um you know people are quite welcoming you know i've gone to places where i've absolutely not understood anyone yeah and shown them a couple of photos and next thing you know we're out in the middle of a yard somewhere um doing what we have to do yeah and you know, everyone's got the same vibe. Everyone's had the same experience. Everyone, you know, has had that chase story or had that sort of. Everyone knows, you know, a certain crack in the in the sound in the bushes behind them. Whether that's a good crack, like yeah. someone's sneaking up on them, or just like you turning up, and and everyone sort of seems to know this worldwide and stuff like. That. Um, and you know, it's it's sort of amazing. Like a lot of the stuff I experienced pre-internet. Um, you know, if you wanted to see something, if you wanted to experience a piece or experience of, you know, a situation or a jam, mm. you know, you can't zoom a jam. You mm. can't zoom. A, you know, you can't yep. go, oh, man, that's the maddest jam. I was down there. Like, man, I, you know, I saw everybody else's face. It doesn't work like that. you got to go to these places. you got to go to these places and see the pieces or you got to go to these, these venues and, you know, like so in the early days, I'd go see Death Wish Cast, or I'd go to Melbourne, and I'd see see some of the boys play there, and I was just blown away the crowd. You know, there, there's no social distancing. Social distancing was like half a centimeter. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. And yeah, and everyone's in the mosh pit. Everyone's just jumping up and down. Everyone's as sweaty as. Everyone's jamming to you know the the guys rhyming up on stage. Who, when you think about it, was in its infancy in the eighties, so, um, near like it is today. Um, and you know it's pretty hard to find a lot of recordings and stuff like that of of those early days for people to actually understand. You know, nothing was polished, nothing was finished, mm. everything was off the cuff, everything was just like, let's just do this now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, um, dude. absolutely. It, it was, you know, it was just the vibe, and then everybody was hyped up after a gig, and then bang, you know, all the markers and cans came out. Yeah, and yeah. you know, the, the suburbs turned quite colourful overnight. Yeah, dude. Uh, and it was like it was a shared experience amongst people. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I meant. You didn't have to speak the same language, you know. Mm. You, 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 I've been to jams in France and I had no idea what they were going on about, but just the hype of the crowd, the hype of the performers. Um, you know, I remember Keller was up there one, and, you know, doing his beatbox round and all the French guys had no idea what he was saying in English, but he hyped that crowd up and everybody was going off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and that was to me the whole the whole essence of of you know hip hop early in Australia was the 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 sensation that you would get out of it, and the and the you know you basically lived in the moment, um, and and you know people if they were selling t shirts, it's out of their backpack. That's mm-hmm. where the merchandise came from, mm-hmm. or you know some dude pulled out a can and tagged your t shirt, bang, you got instant merchandise. Yeah, dude. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. You had to be there in the moment, living it, man. Absolutely, and yeah. some of those Melbourne that I used to go to and dudes were jamming. There was just I, I, I could never, even today, I don't think it would ever be the same. Nah, you know, nah. 
it's it's too organised, too professional. Yeah. I went to one and the dude, the dudes are up there, you know, MCing and stuff like that. And then something broke out, and then the MC started punching on on stage. <laughs> like, best jam ever. Is this yeah. part of the performance? I don't know. No, they look pretty. <laughs> you just stand in the crowd trying to work out what the fuck's going on. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, dude." Now I've seen I've seen similar things, man. I've seen similar things. Do you think that, like, you know, that kind of fascination of yours, or you know, that that sort of that driving, or you know, there's a motivation there. There's a driving force within you to see culture mm. beyond your own, beyond your own city. Do you think that's born out of the isolation you you uh, you experienced in Perth early on? You know, you were telling me earlier that you know, you guys didn't even know there was graph going on on the other side of the country in the mid to late right. 80s, you know? Early on, no. And, like, my, you know, backstory real quickly was, you know, I was I was born in, in Victoria, okay. down, down, down and on. Yep. Um, Mum moved us over here when we were quite young, about seven or something like that. And we spent a bit of time in the city, but we spent a lot of time in the bush. Okay. And when you're a kid in the bush, basically you're it. <laughs> you know, there's you, your brothers, your sisters, whatever. That's right. So, on the other farm or whatever, you know, there was, you know, sometimes the parents would take you to another farm, you know, for a piss up or whatever, and the parents would be driving home drunk, all the kids are in the back of the ute. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, you know, I remember getting on the on the school bus, you know, having to go, you know, you have to catch the school bus at seven o'clock in the morning to get to school by nine because the bus had to do the rounds. Kids would be getting on the bus with, you know, like shotgun rifles because they had to move these, you know, this armory to another farm. And yeah. it was just Everyone's just like, oh, yeah, well, John has got the shotgun today. Shotgun's a good day. Eh? Uh, <laughs> and he'd take it to the school and he'd check it into the front counter and then John would take the shotgun to another farm or something. Just funny, stupid stuff like that. Yeah, dude. But anyway, um, but as a kid, there was a lot of isolation, so you had to sort of entertain yourself. But one of the things we were doing, like, you know, you're basically unpaid labour when you're a kid on a farm. Of course. And, but, you know, we had a lot of farm hands, and th- those fellas – would say, hey, hey, little Mick, you know, you're coming to check out what my ancestors painted. And, I, you know, I was like, you know, not eight, nine, ten years old and be like, oh, what what they paint? Mm. And they're like, oh, they're doing this rock art. Check it out. And they dragged me across. There's a lot of little caves around the Midwest of, a, of WA, in the Wheatbelt area, and they've all got cave paintings in them. And they've all got like, you know, most probably historically, culturally significant artwork to the indigenous population but the white fellas never saw them and they didn't care because they were you know wheat and sheep farms yeah yeah um but these fellas were like you know come on kids come on i'll show you show you this art and i remember seeing some of this stuff and just being fascinated by it going oh wow you know how old is this you know mm-hmm. year old they go no 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 i mean you know my ancestors did it years ago decades ago you know 100 years ago Hundreds 200 years. years yeah exactly yeah. And I'll be like, oh, sick, can I do some? And they're like, no, 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 no. I'll go, oh, okay. <laughs> and then, you know, we moved down to the city uh, for high school and I saw some woman painting on a bus stop and she was just doing, like, council art on a bus stop. And I was fascinated by that. I was going, eh? what's that? That's sort of sort of not what I saw, but sort of along the same lines, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'd ask her about it and I'd just, you know, I'd walk to school and or walk to the bus stop to get to school and I'd see her painting some afternoons and then she let me have a go and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. But, you know, then I catch the bus to school and, and my parents were um, uh, separated or divorced at the time and one lived in one suburb and one lived, you know, far away in another suburb. And um, sometimes I'd ride, well, most of the times I'd ride my bike, you know, between the two places. Yeah. Um, you know, there was, there was nothing around. I, I wouldn't see 
you know, anything. Mm. <laughs> but, but then I remember, like, at high school, um, the school was full of either bogans, which – do you have that term up there, bogans? Absolutely, you know? dude, absolutely, 100%. Okay, so the guys were in the DBs and the mullet haircuts and yep. you know, black jeans, and they, and they were the best, you know, skaters as well, like roller skaters. You know, there was no skateboarding back then. There was just, you know, bogans, roller skating. But the other side of the school was full of skinheads. Yeah. So my mate were like, oh, we're going to be like in year 10 next year, you know. Let's 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 be bogans, <laughs> and, and um, you know, because we didn't want to be skinheads and stuff. So we're like, oh yeah, we'll be bogans. And um, he would go to Hong Kong every year to see his old man and stuff like that. And that summer, that summer of eighty three, eighty four, a coat commercial came out, and I think it had crazy legs. I'm not sure, but mm. it had this guy b boying on it. And I remember just like sitting there watching the TV, going, "What the fuck? He's spinning on his back." Yeah. Like, was that even freaking possible? Yeah. And I'm like, what, what even is this? And my mate came back from Hong Kong and I said, mate, we're not going to be bogans. We're going to be backspin spinners. I don't know even know what it's called. <laughs> I don't even know what this thing is called, but yeah. we're going to do it. And we, we wear baggy pants. And I remember being pulled into the school office going, you know, what are you kids doing wearing baggy pants, you know? Yeah. You should be wearing Doc Martens or, or like, you know, tight black jeans. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and why are you spinning on your back and your head? You know, what's wrong with you kids? You need to see the school nurse or something. Yeah. <laughs> you need a fucking guidance counsellor. <laughs> yeah. But it was our first introduction to, to b-boying and stuff like that. And um, I was like, what the hell is this stuff? And I remember finding a book in our in our library for the Illustrated History of Hip Hop. Mm. I thought, oh, I've got to take this. And, you know, uh, I just took it, as you do. Um, liberated it from the library. That's all right. Yeah, and in that book was a section on on um, dudes painting on walls and stuff like that and trains and that. I was like, what even is this? Like, I don't think it mentioned the word graffiti. Wow. I don't I, – I think it was just, you know, getting up, you know, pictures of people getting up and stuff like that yeah. on trains. I was like, man, this is, like, weird. And I'd show my friend and he'd be like, yeah, yeah, whatever, let's just try and backspin. And um, so – I remember my mum also, she worked at a library. She got a job as a librarian down here and she brought this film, not video, but a film back. Mm. And she said, oh, I've got to grade this film. Do you want to watch it? It's got that spinny stuff you guys do. I was like, oh, mum, I don't really want to. I just want to ride, you know, go out on my bike and, you know, go to dirt jumps and stuff. And she's like, oh, no, I think you'll like it. So she put it on and it was a copy of Star Wars, the film. Unbelievable. Freaking yep. blew me away. So this was 84 and we were just like, what the fuck? Dude. Dude, can you swear on this show? Yeah, you? bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking, I mean, it's a swear. It's a swear cast. It's a swear fest. <laughs> yeah, um, no, let let them loose, mate. Let them loose. <laughs> beers, beat, beers, and the swearing. Yeah, mate. Um, Australia's number one swear cast. Swear cast. So it just blew me away, and I was like, man, this is bullshit. And but still, I had no one else that I was actually painting with at the time. Mm. I was just trying to break, and I was a pretty bad breaker. Um, my friends seemed to pick it up and stuff like that, and I was just like, oh, man, you know, I tried to do windmill, flop, try and do a turtle, flop, and I just kept trying, but, you know, I was like, nah, man, I'll just keep at it, keep at it. And then um, uh, there was a, there's a place in Perth City called Forest Place, and that's where all the B-boys would sort of congregate and practice and stuff like that. Yeah. And someone told me, look, you, you should go in there because that's where they're doing this, you know, what you're trying to do. Mm. So me and my mate, Miggy went into town and we were watching it going, whoa, these guys are really good. Um, and there was one big, 
big battle one afternoon. All the skinheads came out of town, and also it was a big like skinhead versus b boy battle. Yeah, but it's like full on punch on style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, skinheads were alive and well. You know, uh, mid eighties in Perth. Absolutely, dude. In Brisbane too, man. In Brisbane, oh, they really? dominated. I think I think around the country, man. Skinhead culture throughout the eighties. You know, born out of a lot of the, you know, I suppose the punk rock of the era and stuff like that, man. It was mm. a, uh, yeah, it was a big thing, man. It was a very big yeah. thing, you know. And mo- mostly, it was like, yeah, you're either a bogan or a skinhead, and there was a couple of surfers in there. Yeah. So they sort. Of they got left alone because no one really could work them out. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> uh, they didn't, I didn't really know what they were at the time. Yeah, they pl- they played some uh, sort of middle ground between you know between all these kind of countercultures that were burgeoning mm, at the time. Yeah, and they're like, oh, they're never at school anyway. They're always off surfing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we just go to the city and just watch it, and then I just started noticing like you know what later became on newest tags. Um, uh, appearing on the lino and stuff and on the cardboard. I was mm. like, what the hell? You know, what's going on there? Anyway, so still back at school and that. I had some guy sort of notice what I was doing, scribbling on my notebooks and stuff like that. And um, he's like, oh, what's, what's that? And I was going, oh, you know, sort of, well, I don't know, it's this art stuff you do with textures and that. Mm. And, um, he's like, oh, can I join in? Tell me about it. So we actually, you know, became pretty good friends and he started writing Dragon. Um, and we'd get on it like I – I had a um, uh, an old dragster um, push bike, and he had a, one of the new Fandangle BMXs. Yeah. So you know, we'd ride from bus stop to bus stop, you know, on the weekends and after school, and pull out our little outline one or little outline. What were they? One hundreds, our tiny little yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, like graffiti was actually in its in the form of graffiti, not as what we know it, but people drawing on bus stops was quite rife back then in Perth. Yeah. You know. You'd have like you know Lisa loves John and you know uh, Johnny Kickett eighty four bosses yeah you know lots of that kind of like school graffiti like just just I wouldn't even call it bombing just pure graffiti as in just written scribble everywhere yeah definitely on the definitely so we were doing that and then and then one afternoon I went to our local school bus stop and there was the more stylized tag version of it and I was like what the fuck is other people doing this mm. no way and um because i still had no knowledge of you know other people in my own town no that's it yeah and and so i was just like i'd be riding around looking at it and looking at it and i'd see some you know more more tags on the on the lino and stuff in the city um and then um i uh bumped into a couple of old school friends from primary school and uh i was like oh have you seen this kind of stuff and they're like yeah we do it i'm like oh what do you what do you draw mm. And they were like, oh, Artline and Wizard. And I was like, man, let's all hang out. And, you know, Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. So they'd already been into it a little bit before me and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, yeah, you know, take us out, you know, show us a few tricks and stuff like that, how you use the cans and that. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but had they yeah. seen something you hadn't? Um, They'd seen Subway Art. Okay, yeah. Yep. I, I, I think I'd heard about it, but I'd never seen it yeah. and stuff. I'd only seen Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. So they dragged us along to the state library and said, oh, look, it's in the state library. Check it out. And, you know, a bunch of kids in the state library said, one, that was suspicious. Not for real. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and we're, like, looking at this one book, working out how we're going to slide it past the, you know, the librarian at the front yeah, counter. Yeah, get it out. Yeah, get, get it out of the library, 100%. <laughs> yeah. We ended up doing and stuff like that, but that blew us away. So that was our first education into 
holy shit, there's, you know, art in New York. Like, mm. we knew it there. We knew it because I think Beat Street had maybe come out by then or something. Yeah. And even though that was more like staged, um, you know, like stage writers painting and stuff. Yeah, it was, script, it was a scripted movie, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which, well, actually, you know what, it was on SBS not that long ago. Mm. Um, and I watched it and I sort of realised it's actually a musical. Yeah, dude, it pretty much more is. Than, yeah. More than anything, it's a musical. I was yeah. like, I remember this being a musical. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was one stage down from, you know, somebody standing up on the stage going, I will bomb the trains. Yes, we will bomb the trains. Bomb <laughs> the trains. They'll go. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It wasn't that style of musical, but still, it was like, what? I don't remember it being like that. But anyway, I my, my sort of whole sense sort of started moving away from b-boying because I was so bad at it um, to trying to, you know, do graph more, basically. Yeah. So I – um. Um, my tag at the time was Bill John because my nickname in high school was Barker Billy John. Okay. So I just shortened it to Bill John. You know, eight letters seemed like pretty legit, you yeah, know. Yeah. Half an hour later, I've done my tag. Um, but uh, as time went on, there was actually a guy at Perth writing BJ and people started to confuse us thinking, you know, BJ was Bill John. Certainly. So I thought, no, I've got to change this, I've got to change this. And the, the scene in Perth, there was not – any real difference between the crime scene and the graffiti scene yeah. as it was emerging. So anyone who wrote did crime. Anyone who did crime also wrote. Yeah. And, the, you know, guys would, would, would come past. We'd all hang out in the city and they'd come past in the latest stolen car that they'd, they'd nicked or whatever. And it was just like people actually had a lot of fear of writers in the early days because they just thought they'd just get bashed. If you go up to a graffiti guy, they just clock yeah because that's just what they do that's that yeah that was the nature of it yeah, yeah you know it's, it's just part and parcel crime yeah. and crime and graph was just it was the same thing yeah man yeah um i mean as years went on you know sort of the graph went more artistic and the crime you know it's, it's funny like a lot of the, the 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 guys in the early days you know they ended up inside a lot of them mm. uh, but, you know, if you ever got done for graph and had to go to jail, you sort of, you know, it's like, oh, sick, you know, there's these other writers here. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, the early days, it was, it was very uh, hard to tell the difference between the, the two. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, so I, um, uh, the, the, these guys, Artline and Wizards, said, oh, you've got to catch the train lines in Perth. So we did, and, you know, that blew us away a bit because we started to see our first pieces beyond you know, our suburb or the suburbs that we would, um, you know, ride through on our pushies. Yeah, yeah. So we would, uh, you know, we'd just go, oh, man, who are these guys? Dolby, Delhi, BJ, what the hell? You know, where are they? How are they? You know, do they, you know, who – these these guys were phantoms in the night. Oh, for sure, dude, 100%. Yeah, you didn't know who they were. You, yeah. They were just mystical well, they were myths. They dude, were just like, like su superheroes almost, you know? Yeah. Like, you, you know, they were people you just see, you'd be like, man, I, dude, I, I had similar I had similar interactions with graffiti as a kid myself, you know? Like, absolutely, mm. dude, I get it 100%. How extensive, just not, and not to cut you off, please continue that, yeah. but how extensive was or is the the train system in Perth? Oh, you know, it was pretty pathetic in the early days. Yeah. Um, it was, um, they got down to two train lines, they cut one down. Okay. Uh, uh, there was a Fremantle line, Midland line, Armadale line. Um, but there was, as every generation seems to go through, there was mass corruption. So they had actually built 
or they'd actually designed up a big inner city loop like Melbourne sort of style for Perth mm. and designed up a number of train lines to, to travel in and around Perth. Um, and the Labor Party at the time were pushing it and promoting it and, you know, vote for us, we'll build more trains. Yeah. But the Liberal Party got in at the time and said, nah, and they started, they closed down the Fremantle line and they were going to close down some more lines uh, because they thought buses were the future. Yeah. And But it came out afterwards that a number of these Liberal Party uh, politicians had bought shares in the bus company. And, and so that's why they were promoting the buses. Of so, course, of course. Yeah, yeah you know, it's, it's corruption is just every state goes, every, every everywhere in the world goes through mm-hmm. it. You know, yeah, and you've got to... So uh, we, had, we, had, we got down to two train lines. We got back to three. Then they brought out a fourth. And now there's a fifth. And I think they're built... They're actually building a couple more at this at the time mm. uh, at the moment so and it's it's weird like labor built train lines liberals close them down it's just it's just the way it is in wa yeah okay yeah uh, so they are building more train lines which is good but perth unfortunately never had that like intense rail system like melbourne or sydney or even brisbane or even adelaide, adelaide had more train lines than up yeah that's unbelievable hey that's unreal you know? yeah so you know props to adelaide man they're friggin- mm, mm, mm. I knew what time it was when it came to trains. Dude, I went to Adelaide a few times, man, and I always spun out. And, like, I mean, you know, we're probably going back 15 years now, but we'd be down there and a, a peak hour train was two carriages. I mean, even Brisbane were generally running six carriages during peak hour. You know, like I was always amazed at even versus Brisbane, which Brisbane, Brisbane, you know, anytime we went from Brisbane to Melbourne or Sydney, it always felt like such a vast city, a vast system, like everything just kind of working. It was unbelievable. And then Adelaide, I was just like, wow man you know like it was just yeah it was tiny tiny versus brisbane and then perth was that much smaller again well perth you know it's always had that sort of tagline it's, it's a big country town yeah dude yeah same as brisbane man that was, that was brisbane yeah. in the 80s into the into the 90s the big country town yeah i mean it's it's obviously changing as, as time goes on but yeah you know like you know if you wanted to do a train in perth in the 80s, you know, you had to at least get over the knee-high fence. Yeah. <laughs> you had to at least get over the knee-high fence. <laughs> yeah, at least, man. That's, you know, if you're yeah. brave enough to do that. Yeah. yeah cameras and, you know, fences and all sorts and stuff like that. But, you know, the props to the kids. They 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 know their way around the system. Well, a lot of them work for the system, so they know oh, the system. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And doing my little bit of research just, you know, in terms of Perth and like even I just went on YouTube and I was sort of looking yeah. on YouTube for old, you know, any old sort of graph things that related to Perth. I came up on a little bit of shit, but, you know, there was specific reports on the buses there. So a lot of dudes over there were tagging buses. and was oh, buses. That, yeah. that was the heavy thing over there, hey? Yeah, buses. Or, or it so, appeared to be, yeah. Buses, well, they were the, you know, the mass transports every, everywhere. So, yeah, buses did cop it. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, they still do today, but, um, yeah, I mean, the scenes change so much. But, yeah, the bus system was the big one. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, like with three lines, it was pretty easy to sort of go all city as well. Oh, certainly. So, you know, there's, there's obviously advantages, you know, to a smaller system versus a bigger system. A bigger system like Sydney or Melbourne, you've got to do a hell of a lot of getting up to get up. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Perth, you know, you're like, yeah, I'm going to go all city. I'll be back in three hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No, nah, it's a little bit more than that. But anyway. <laughs> you go all city in three hours. <laughs> Put in that legwork. Well, dude, take us ta- dude, take us back to those days because, you know, b- you know, when you wrote Bill John, Artline and Wizard, like, you know, you formed the Art Inc. crew, man. Like, take us back to those days and then, you know, getting into the train systems and doing those early pieces, man. Tell us about, like, you know, like what you were experiencing at that time. Well, so, um, yeah, we, I met up with Artline and Wizard and that. And that, they were, like, they, they were – pretty into it by the time you know i met them and stuff like that um and the fact that we all went to primary school together and we sort of knew each other or helped and stuff like that yeah. uh, but a lot of piecing sort of got done in your neighborhood okay so it was a place called como in south perth and they'd done a lot of little spots in and around there um <clears throat> so i was like you know we we're just like oh sick you know that's their spot but there was no train line then at that stage in the in the years since they've actually built a train line through the suburb which is good yeah, yeah. but um you know we'd, we'd we'd just you know they just knew all the walls and stuff like that and spots so they'd they'd take us out and stuff like that and they said oh you know what no one's done a piece like the the whole armadale line the a line mm. was a virgin line no one's ever done a piece on it before and we're like oh man that's got to be our mission then mm. like we've we've got to do this you know we've got to get up and, um, you know, do a piece. So we, we found a spot and we got a um, – the, 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 the acquiring of paint was obviously a different uh, system back then. Mm. So if you needed paint, you went out and you acquired it. And um, uh, I suppose the good thing is most shop owners didn't understand what a bunch of kids standing around spray paint even meant. Of course, of course. Um, <laughs> so, you know – We'd have denim jackets, you know, we'd tie the arms up with the denim jackets and put three, two or three cans down each arm. Yeah. And, you know, there was four of us and stuff like that. So we, we, we'd, you know, just harass out the local hardware stores and go up and down the line and and, and acquire whatever we needed to acquire. And mm. basically paint back then was um, like Kmart Performer, Dulux, and... Jeez, we, we didn't even – we weren't even on the Tuxins yet. Yeah. We weren't even uh, duper colours yet. Um, so basically we, we had a, like a full colour range of about 15 colours. Yes, yeah, yeah. And we'd acquire them any way we could and then um, we'd go out and, yeah, we did this this first piece on the line and, um, yeah, just it just blew people away. Um, we didn't finish that night, so I had to go back the next morning and put the face on the character. Yeah, wow. Uh, and people were walking past going, like, they just didn't know what you were doing. They are just like, what, what is that? Is that some kind of advertising? Mm. Um, and it's like the first the first thing that was done on a Perth train here ran for a couple of weeks because the authorities, one, they didn't know what it was. It was just, it was like this signature thing on a, on a train and it's like, well, who authorised that? I don't know. What is it? I don't know. Like, I don't know. We'll just keep letting it run until we find out what it is. So yeah. they had... No idea. And that was done by a guy called BJ. Yes. And, um, yeah, so basically he did the well, – I wouldn't say a panel, more like throw up, but people just didn't know what it was. They had no idea, no concept. Yeah. It's, 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 it's unbelievable to it's you know it's unbelievable to think that these days you know I, I think not for us so much but for I think younger generations it's hard to believe that there was a time where this 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 idea of a name painted down a train even if it was like a you know like a tag with an outline around it or something man like you know yeah it's it was an unbelievable concept man they had no idea yeah no yeah so you know and then and so people would could drop their names on the trains and they still didn't know what it was. Mm, mm. So like, is that some kind of 
weird advertising. But, you know, Perth, Perth early trains, they used to call them OJs. Um, they were actually a wooden style train, diesel train, um, and the doors had problems shutting. So the train would take off and the doors would swing open. <laughs> um, and, and there's like no air conditioning, no, no nothing, right? And the not. windows, everybody's pushing the windows up. Yeah. You got businessmen doing hangouts because it was cooler to hang outside the train. Yeah. You know, the, the trains were going like five miles per hour, you know, because the old diesel ones and they're like, do, 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 oh, dude, do. they just chug up the line. Yeah. Chug, 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 yeah. Chug. yeah. And, you know, your mum would be sitting there going, stop hanging out of the train, will you? Yeah, dude. You'll get your head cut off if you don't be careful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for real. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's very different times. Very um, different. And so those early trains, you know, they'd, they'd sort of cop it a bit and people just still had no idea. They're just like, I, I don't get it. But it was interesting. At, at some stage, um, we got a whole lot of QR trains from Queensland. Okay. And Instead of replacing the logos on the outside, they just ran them. Wow. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just ran them as there is. And the seats would fold back and forth as well, like the, the, the Sydney ones on the Tangaras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so, but, you know, same thing, no air conditioning. Perth is, you know, 40 plus degrees in the middle of summer. Of course. Air, and trains are packed. You know, people just push the doors open just, you know, so they would sort of get some kind of airflow through them. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, the trains moved a lot slower and stuff like that and you could sort of walk across the track because there was no fencing anyway back then. And you're like, oh, the train's coming. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Let me just tie up my shoelace. Yeah, train. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 I've almost done. I've got to do my other shoe now. But, you know, the, the speed of things was just – it was just a different different tempo back then. A different tempo, so anyway, very much so, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sorry. So, um, yeah, I've got, you know, painting with Artline and, and Wizard and Dragon and we, we formed a crew called uh, Art Inc., Art Incorporated. Yep. And, um, yeah, we we ran that for a little while. But then um, uh, what happened? So myself and Artline got caught doing something. Oh, that's right. We That's right. So uh, when I went to change the name from, uh, from Bill John to Shime, I thought I, I need a name that sounds pretty edgy, you know. Mm. And but you know, the word crime is pretty edgy, so I need a word that sounds like crime. Yeah. And and this is how I came up with it. I went, oh, you know, so what what can sound like crime? And I was going through the alphabet like, you know, A I'm, B I'm, C I'm, yeah. yeah. D I'm, E I'm, <laughs> F I'm <laughs> that's not working for me. And I thought, okay, and I sort of like the whole symmetrical sort of idea of things. Mm. In, if the I is the middle of the letter, I need two letters that look like an M and an E. So I was like, okay, what sort of looks like an E? And I, I went through the alphabet and I thought, you know what, a capital S and a capital E are pretty similar. you just got to move R across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They've both got curves. They've both got flow. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, they've got like if you do it in sort of block sort of style, you've got three strokes you know, top, middle, bottom. Certainly, yeah. Side stroke up the top and a side stroke down the bottom. You move those side strokes and you've got an E or an M. I thought, okay. I thought, no, but Sime is still unbalanced. I need a letter that matches an M. So went through the alphabet again and I was like, oh, the H has got two down strokes. The M's got two down strokes. Hmm, what does that spell? No. Shime. Shime. Um, Artline and I were like, yeah, okay, cool. We um, went and acquired more paint, as you do. And we thought, okay, we're going to – what's the hardest spot we could paint that would flip dudes out? 
central train station at the end of the central train station. Jeez. So like, yep, we can do this. So we did. We 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 you know packed up all the colours because used to well I don't know if the, the boys did it over in these but we used to used to sit there and write down what colours what where we'd paint them and everything yep. what colour outlines and you know there was a full mission and there was sort of no real interchangeable or changeability of nozzles back then it was like the 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 kill rust had a really uh, like had the fan jet and if you used it a certain way you got skinny lines you used it the other way you got fat lines yes. it's like yeah I'll just bend the can you know turn the can and get my skinny lines. Yep. So we did. We we found the spot, end of the end of the main platform on the main train station. Got down there, did our thing, did a big shine, and then we wrote on the um uh, the signal boxes. You know, we're here to bomb me. We're here in Perth to bomb. Mm. And dudes, like the next day, thought you know, when they saw it, they're like, "What? Who's these ballsy dudes that have never done anywhere near the main train station before? They've come into our city. They've done it. Who the hell? We never even heard of these guys, shine. And um. And an outline wrote smash just to throw them off as well. Yeah, yeah. And we uh, we did it, and um, yeah, blew everyone away the next day. But that morning after we finished, um, we thought, oh, you know, it's like four o'clock in the morning. First bus doesn't come till six thirty, whatever. Mm. So we'll just have to wait for the bus. So we'll just you know crash in the Supreme Court Gardens, which was the local sort of central city gardens. Yeah. I thought I oh, will just find a little patch of bush and fall asleep until the buses come. So we did that, and then these two cops woke us up, and we're like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, what are you boys doing here?" And we're like, "Oh, I'm waiting for the bus." <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, no, you can't wait for the bus here." Uh, and they were only young cops, you know. They were just you know, straight out of cadet school or something. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I, um, uh, yeah, so we talked our way out of it, and um, you know, they let us go, and we were walking off and stuff like that. And then they got a radio calling, and we're like, oh, fuck. And they came running up to us and grabbed us again. They're going, what's in your bag? And we're like, oh, spray paint. And they're like, what are you using spray paint for? And we're like, oh, paint now. Paint our bikes. I'm like, well, that's a lot of colours. <laughs> we're like, yeah, it's a multicoloured bike. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking rainbow bike. Yeah. And he's going, you've got at least 20 colours in there. And we're like, oh, fuck. And he goes, and then they got, you know, a report came through that someone had been going around the city that same night and um, just writing big letters like incest equals rape everywhere. Yes. Yep. <laughs> like, that's yeah, you guys. And we're like, oh, no, nah, we're just kids, eh? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, it's you guys. We're going to take you in and get you busted for it. And we're like, no, nah, it wasn't us. And he goes, what? You're going to tell us that you've saved all this spray paint to paint the bike and didn't write all that stuff. And we're like, no, nah, that's not us. And he goes, well, unless you can show us what you're actually using the spray paint for. And I sort of talked to my friend. I, and I don't even know why the cops let us, like, go up to each other and start talking and try yeah. and work out, like, and, okay, if we say this and say that. Um, but they did. They let us have a quick little five-minute chat. And then we we're like, okay. <laughs> Get the story okay. straight between the two years first. <laughs> yeah. This is what we did. And he's like, you what? You painted a picture. And I said, no, no, we did a piece. And he goes, a piece of what? And we all said, well, the only way we can sort of explain it is show it to you. And he's like, okay. So we went and we made him climb, oh, it would have been about two and a half stories down this side siding to get into the side of the train station. And we said, oh, we did this. And he goes, what is that? We're like, it's a piece. He goes, piece of colour. <laughs> would you pop the spray cans or something? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, they, they freaking just had no idea. Like, there was no concept of even what it was. It's unreal, hey. It's amazing, yeah. dude. Amazing. 
So we're like, no, no, no. It's like all, you know, it's letters and stuff. And he's like, uh, wait up. And I remember him getting on the radio and going, oh, Sarge, we've got two young fellas here and they're drawing patterns on the wall. <laughs> what, what are we, what are we, is, is that a crime? <laughs> Can we do them for something? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the Sarge must have said, look, just bring him in and we'll see what goes on. So um, he took us to the, to the central police station. And I remember they got this big fat book out. I've never seen a book so big. Whoosh. And they're like turning the pages and they're looking down. It must have been like, you know, all the crimes you could do. Yeah. And they're like, and he was going, oh, maybe, no, it's not vandalism because it's like organized patterns and stuff. So they knew what they were doing. So it's not minus vandalism. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so we got done for trespass. Because they, we're standing on the train tracks. But they got like full analytical into the, you know, into the whatever it is, the law book or something like, you know, yep. whatever it was and yep. going through looking for something, like looking for whatever that, like whatever yep. that piece might fall under. Yep. And I think there was something like oh, littering or something because we dropped a spray can or some shit. Or, uh, I can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was nothing to really to do with what we actually got done for. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, oh, you know, we're going to have to call your parents. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, mum comes in. And she's like, oh, what did you do? And I said, oh, I painted a piece. And she goes, what, one of your art things? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, well, show me. And she, she's looking at it. And she goes, yeah, you use too much blue. Use <laughs> more colours. Different colours. And mum, mum just had no, she wasn't fast. She was just like whatever, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you shouldn't really do this without permission, you know, try that one day. And so. What, years is, um, what, what year is this? Do you remember? This is 86. Wow. There you go. So, yeah. so still a bit behind the times. I don't, like, I don't know exactly what was happening in Eastern States at that time, but we'll get to that in a sec. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah. Th- so we went to court and uh, we got a $50 trespass fine. Um, <laughs> and we split that. So obviously it was cheaper. Yeah. Uh, but Artline wasn't allowed to, you know, with, you know, obviously I was the yeah, bad influence from him oh, and course. he was bad influence from me. Yeah, of course, of course. So we weren't allowed to hang out or anything like that. So that sort of stopped his art career then and there. But for me, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go out again and prove that I cannot get caught. Yeah. So. Um, it lit a so, fire under you. Oh, man. I was like, nah, nah, nah. Huh. Uh, I've got to work out a way to not, not get done for this kind of shit. Okay. Yeah. You know, I like to try and wisen up pretty fast. And so um, there was there was a story that Dolby Deli and um, BJ were out to do the first whole car, and I was like, "Oh man, we just don't have enough paint. Oh, those guys are going to get that, you know, that claim to fame. Oh well, that." Anyway, so I got a call one morning going, "Didn't happen." I was like, "What do you mean? You guys had all paint, and you guys are all ready?" And they said, "Oh, we went down there, um, started, you know, put our first outlines up, started filling in, and the train like got shunted away." Mm. So they went and did another spot, like just on a wall yeah. in a suburb nearby. And I was like, what, so you guys really didn't do a whole car? And they go, no, we just, it just started. And I was like fucking on the phone going, Dragon, we're going paint hunting. Yeah. <laughs> and so he rang up another guy that we painted with, Hood, and we just spent the whole entire day just gathering materials again. Yeah. And man, we got to do this. If we miss this opportunity – you know, it's, we've got to do the first whole car. Yes, yeah. So we did. We, we spent the whole day collecting materials and, um, yeah, a couple of nights later we, we went out and we did our season's greetings. The season's greetings whole car. The first whole car done in Perth. 
first hole card on Perth, yeah. Yeah. And security came at some point, but there was one tree in the yard, one tree, and the spotlight went across. I remember, like, we had to stop and hide. Mm. The spotlight went across, like, it was like about six cars all lined up, and we'd done, like, the fifth car along. And the spotlight went across the first car lit up, second car lit up, third car lit up, fourth car lit up, and then the spotlight hit the tree and the whole fifth car, which was the one we were working on, was cast in shadow. Oh. And then the spotlight came on the sixth car again. So they didn't Fuck. see it. Jeez. And we're just like eyeballing each other going, yeah, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, we painted until the sun came up and I remember turning around and there's just this guy like up against the fence, like with his hands up against the fence, just looking, going, what the fuck have you kids done? Yeah, yeah. We're like, whoop, time out, time to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, yeah, we, we bolted and, you know, we, 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 you know, high on adrenaline and we've got our cameras and they ran it once. They ran it once down the line. Yeah. Um, I got photos of it in the yard. I got photos of it once running down the line and then I never saw it. I, I knew, knew it came back. Um, but I never saw it after that. But at least we got the the pictures and stuff. Wow, dude! How, how did you like? You, I don't I don't want to interrupt you because I've and I've got to be conscious of like that that gap there because I think when I talk it cuts you out. So I'm not too sure whether people are hearing. That's that. Right. But yeah, like, dude, going in to do the whole car, like, what was what was you know what was the preparation? Like, had, did you re, did you know like were you aware of the scale and the magnitude of what you were about to kind of you know, work, you know, embark on, work, you know, work on? All, all we know is like, you know, we were used to doing pieces. So yeah. we're like, okay, we're going to do this piece. It's going to need this many colours. We're going to need this many colours for the background. And I remember, you know, you'd sort of stand up against the train when it was at the platforms and you'd measure it out in your head. Mm. I need a character, okay, but when you're on the ground, you need to get up. So, you know, milk crates are the, you know, everybody's best friend. That's right. That's right. Um, so we're like, you know, we need the milk crates. We need the people. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, there's no such thing as fat caps and stuff back then. No, certainly not. Um, so, you know, you'd be there with your little tuxing cap going, yeah, I'm going to be filling this letter in, in five minutes. Yeah, come on, dude. Just fucking going, you know? eh? Oh, yeah, none of this like, you're done. Nothing blaster, you know, like those <laughs> fucking big blasters, the ghetto blasters nah, and that kind of oh, shit yeah. they got these days, dude. Like, fuck. Nah. Nah, you're sitting there with your little tuxing cap spending 10 minutes on that letter, just getting base filled down. Yeah. Um, and I've, seen yes. fo- I've seen photos of that car too. Like it's, you know, it's amazing, dude. Like it's amazing. Like I, I love this history like regardless. But, you know, when you think about what you used, the fact that there's real, you know, there's there's no real point of reference other than maybe what you saw in a magazine or, you know, you might have seen Style. Obviously you've seen Style Wars. But, you know, like it's just, to me, it's unbelievable, man. Like it's just, it's amazing shit. Well, I mean, I look at some of the, what the kids are paying nowadays and I think, how do you even do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some yeah, of the realists like that and I think, but then, yeah, so back then they would have gone, how, how did they do that? Did you use a stencil? <laughs> Dude, it, but it, it, see, this is the thing, like what, what I always try to, you know, kind of impress upon people when we're doing these podcasts and we're talking to people such as yourself, it took you guys to do that first whole car, to do that, you know, to even just do a tag and put an outline around it, you know, like you're in some yeah. capacity, you know, like it took you to do that. It took you doing that to get to where we are today, man, you know, like, and oh. listen, we're going to get to it all because, you, I mean, you've had a hand in that, like in terms of where street art progressed to, you know, you started bringing in the UT 
utensils for people to get there. Can I just ask you briefly before we yeah. continue on with the whole car, the influence of BJ and Delhi, like in Perth, were they were they two of the first? Like, you know, you you're amongst the first. Were they there prior to you? Oh, definitely, definitely. BJ yeah. Dolby they were, you know, if I was on the first train out of the city, they were in the first carriage. Yeah, yep, yep. I was yep. in the second carriage trying to get into the first carriage, but, you know, they were definitely there before I was. And there was another guy, Lorenzo, okay. who was uh, Lorenzo and Cy were painting um, down in Frio before I was. Yep. Um, and Lorenzo still paints today. Wow, yeah. Um, he took a bit of a break. Delhi still paints today. Sick. Um, BJ's a little bit missing in action. Um, people do come across him here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Dolby makes an appearance every so often yeah um yeah there was a, there was a guy who was writing bondi um doesn't paint anymore but you know he was there um there was another guy who at the time was writing sea kid um so there were a couple of people that were out there and there was people doing the tags and that but maybe not beyond that yes yep like you know every you know people people you know, you're either a lifer in this scene, or you're you're you pop in, do your bit, and then get out. And you're out, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, you got those two types anyway. Yeah. Uh, and and sometimes the people who pop in, you know, they pop in later in life and go, oh, I see you guy, remember this, 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 and that. Yeah. Um. So, you know, yeah, some of us like 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 Delhi, he's still actively painting. Um. Yep. He does it, you know. On the quiet, but he still does his thing. Um, uh, so yeah, there's a, there's a couple of guys like like Shobies who came soon after I did. Yes, uh, yeah. you know, he's still he's still very active. You know, yep. he might not be on the cans every day, every week, but he's you know his oil paintings are just you know I wish I could paint like that. I was like fuck, man, how do you do that, Steve? Yeah, dude. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We used to say, I, like, you know, like I said to you on the phone, like, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm largely ignorant to a lot of what has gone on in Perth beyond sort of hip hop music, you know, from the late 90s into yeah. the early 2000s. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, more than aware of what was going on in that regard. But in terms of graph, I've, you know, outside of people such as yourself, TFC crew, you know, Dash and a handful of others, man, I've always kind of, yeah, I've, I've never, you know, I've always been like, oh, man, what was going on in that city, you know? So it's good to hear that those dudes, and, but, but yeah, showbiz was definitely one. Like early hype mags, I remember. You know, like I texted you that photo today. Like I've seen. You yeah. know, I remember seeing. You know, and and you know, big shouts to the hype twins and Disney up here in Brisbane. They're re-releasing all the hype mags, so you can get your hands on these first issues at the moment. They're they're retroing them again. And um, man, you pick them up, and there's showbiz tags down the side and stuff. Like yeah. you know, I think you you also were early contributors to um to hype mag, weren't you? you showbiz. Well, and- those guys definitely changed the way the scene. You know, as as the scenes you know, sort of moved along and the connecting between this. And and I suppose, you know, that's that's the whole thing. When you're a kid, like, you know, like you go to your front gate when you're a child, but then you go get on your bike and you ride to the end of the street and you meet the other kids. And then you get on your bike and you ride to the end of the suburb and you meet more kids. And then, you know, ride to the train line and catch a train and go to the end of the lines. And then, you know, you go to the end of the lines of the other suburbs and then, you know, you, you get that, that – Zest to you know do more and go, to go further, more. go further, live more. You know, yeah, that's always been my sort of story, man. If I could jump on a, a spaceship to Mars and meet those Martian riders, yeah, down, man, I'd be you know, yeah, eat me or something. But anyway, they, uh, <laughs> you know, that's that's the, that's the whole point, and that was part of the whole writing thing for me as well. The whole connectiveness, like you know, you can live in one little suburb over here. And yet you can do your thing here, but it's seen, 
way over there. And look, the internet has changed the world in so many ways. Hasn't it? Hasn't it? Part of it, you know. Now, now the internet is all lines. Yes. All lines, all cities. I do a piece, you know, this afternoon here in Perth, and my mate in New York's looking at it tonight. Yeah. Or he's watching me do it. Yeah, 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 definitely, like what, You know, we used to have to wait for the hypes to come out. Yeah. You know? I remember you saying, I remember you saying once, or like, or maybe I read something somewhere where you spoke about what a black book was back in the day. Like black book was what Instagram is today. You know, that black mm. book could travel the earth back in those days, you know, just connecting via pen pals and people, you know, travel at, le- at very least the country, you know, like, so you, really? you, yeah, man. Yeah. Like that, that black book being that. We had a catch up the other night and, um, um, you know, we're looking, I brought an old, it was like a bit of a show and tell, I brought an old black book and, um, you know, one of the guys is like, is that a, sh-? like, oh, who did it? Oh, who's the, oh, it'll come to me, I'll look at it. Um, but, you know, the founder of AWR crew in, in LA. Oh, yeah, you know, he's, yeah. Yep. He's dropped a timepiece in my, in, in my black book. Wow. And he's what the hell? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's next to the John 1 or next to the Mode 2 or next next to the Sharp, you know, next to the, the Rough from London. Unreal. You know, and it's – that was your that was your form of communication, wasn't That's it? it. That's it. Drop, That's drop, exactly drop, right. Drop, you know, the Black Book was your and, – and still to this day, if someone hands you a Black Book, you're almost obliged to drop something in it. Yeah, certainly, man. Certainly. Add uh, a piece or something like that. So. Yep, yep, definitely. And I, I take my Black Book, I make dudes, or like, oh, can you drop something in my book? You know, it's yep. my, oh, you know, your autograph book, I suppose. Yep, 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 yeah, uh, absolutely, dude, absolutely, absolutely. It was that, you know, it was that means of communication, the means of, you know, mm. de- developing style when, you know, when, yep. you, when you were living in relative isolation, you know, away from any sort of, you know, greater information on, on what you're doing, on your pursuit, on your passion. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of this is what a lot of people sort of forget. This is what a lot of normal people, everyday people, when I say normal people, I say the people that aren't involved in graph, is they look down on it and they go, oh, I can't believe you're doing that scribbly scrabble stuff everywhere and blah, blah, blah. But I can go somewhere and most of the time I can read that, that scribble scrabble. Yeah. And, you know, I've been able to find my way, especially in Sydney, I – I actually can find my way around Sydney quite easily by just going up, turn left at the Fibs piece, right at the Zen piece, mm. go up three more. There's a Sid Tappy on the corner. Yep, I go fucking straight on from there and I'll turn around and there's like uh, a scram piece and that's where I've got to go. You know, someone will go, I'll go down this street, that street and that street. I go, huh? Yeah, yeah. But they tell me where the pieces are and stuff like that. Yeah. Bang, on that. Yeah, it's a, it's a means so, of navigation. Navigation and communication. Yep, 100%. So, so it, it's an unwritten language that normal everyday people don't understand. They don't wish to understand. Yep. So they just dismiss it and say, oh, it's all bullshit, it's all vandalism and stuff like that. Mm. But, you know, this vandalism is now a multi-billion dollar industry yeah. in some way, whether it's, if it, whether it's written or vocal or imagery or, you know, and this is like going into the, the parts where, you know, there's a lot of writers that do a lot of diverse different jobs and and they've, they do so much and they've contributed so much to the world as it is today. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, it's – it's you look at every other art form that's been around and, you, you know, you've got the impressionists, they existed for X amount of years and the Cubists existed for X amount of years. Uh, and you've got – writing has been around since the late 60s. It's most probably one of the longest-running art forms 
to date. Yeah. And it's really the only art form I know when someone in their mid-50s or 60s can communicate on the same level as a 15-year-old using the same language, Yep. Uh, using talk about colours and, and just, you know, the way techniques are done and they can get along. Yep. You know, when I was 15, you know, somebody who was 30 was some old dude. Oh, that fucking ancient, dude, 100%. Yep. 25 was ancient when you were 15. <laughs> you know, you couldn't, you couldn't imagine that age. You wouldn't have anything in common with them. No. Whereas now, you know, you got young dudes, old dudes all sitting around jamming doing black book sessions. Yeah, dude, 100%. You know? 100%. And, and I think that's an important thing that you're saying there. Like, this is all means of communication. Like, we forget <laughs> that, you know. we It's often just, it's often written off as, uh, like, you know, vandalism or, or you know, whatever, whatever. But, you know, yeah. it is, it, it is, has been and will continue to be a, a form of communication. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And, and it's, it'll just go on and on. And, and some people, you know, can communicate their stuff really well and people like their forms of communication. That's right. And then other people, you just almost like feel like you're going to vomit every time you look at the way they handwrite. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Dude, can you tell us about you know just speaking on BJ and Deli? You told me about like when they went when when they went to the east coast, and then okay. and when yeah. they came back, you know, and that was when you guys realised that this was going on outside of Perth. So back when Perth was just like in its own little bubble, which it always has been to a degree. Yep. Obviously, you know, we'd, we'd seen the stuff out of New York. We knew that there was this stuff was happening in New York. Um, but we were unsure that the art form existed outside of our own little Perth bubble. And, and um, BJ and, and Deli were like, you know what, let's, let's get on a bus because, you know, plane fares back then were atrociously expensive. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, let's get on a bus and just let's go to the eastern states uh, I, I think from memory bj might have even had a relative that lived in sydney or something like that yep. so if all else fails and there was nothing like this anywhere else at least they had somewhere to stay yeah so, so delhi and bj got on the bus and we're like you know it was almost like you know saddle up the camels and the horses and you know good luck and we'll see you in six years when you get back. <laughs> yeah 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 100 <laughs> yeah Get the camel train ready. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. You know, explore, get on that ship, and take on the seven seas, and see if there's other countries. Um, so they got on the bus, and like no form, no form of communication or any. I mean, we had phones, right? But yeah, yeah. you know, it's it's the yeah. Anyway, so they got on the bus. We knew the date that they were coming back, and I remember the bus pulling in, and all these people getting on the, off the bus, and they they got off the bus, and like there was a group of us surrounding the bus, just just all staring, you know, these waiting. two guys, like, waiting, like, you know, does it exist? Does it exist in other places other than Perth? Yeah. And they looked back at the crowd and they just sort of smiled and pulled out, like, a bag full of undeveloped film. Fuck. And said, yes, there's graffiti in Melbourne and Sydney. Yeah. And we're like, what? No way. That's bullshit. And we're like, get the films developed, get the films developed. Um. And, and so they did, and, man, we were just blown away. There was graph in the eastern states. And, like, you know, obviously growing up in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide, you guys were a whole lot more connected, you know. It's, it seemed that there was a lot of connection early on yes. in the scene. Yep. Whereas 
Perth was just freaking ghost. You know, it was just other side of the black stump. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, you're on the other side of the country, like you know, yeah. and like on, on the, almost the furthest point of the other side of the country. Yeah. Yeah. We might as well have been just on another planet. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they got off the bus. We were just like, what the fuck? And they said, man, we saw this guy. He was on a train in Sydney and he had a back patch on and it said seven on it. And we're like, what? Mm. No way, fucking tell us more. And they're like, oh, man, you go down the lines. The lines are full. There's crews called Future Art Beat. There's freaking all this other stuff going on. We're like, no way. Mm. They got the films developed and I just, you know, I, there was someone had painted this tower with a duck with two guns with a big cowboy hat. And I was just like, man. I got, you know, I'd done that adventure to the end of the suburb, to the end of the train line in my own city. Mm. Well, this is bullshit. I'm going to save up like dollars and, and get the hell out of here. And I just had to see it. And it was just, for me, that was like a real breakthrough moment to know that this, this art form existed. You know, it just wasn't a little flash in the pan type thing in our city. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, like even we never got a lot of music like a lot of early hip-hop music like it was here yeah and it did yeah but dudes would have to get like cassettes flown in from new york from kiss fm or something like that where people would tape the whole show yes and send it to people here in perth and 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 we got a lot of american sailors coming to perth like you know obviously Fremantle's a, a major port yep. on this side of the country so a lot of the american u.s ships would dock here and a lot of those ships actually had riders on them because you know the young fellas you know, they they didn't have a job or whatever. They'd sign up for the navy. Yeah. They'd end up in Perth. Yeah, so we'd see dudes walking around uh, from the states with jackets on, with with um, break, you know, like graffiti on their jackets, and that would flip us out. And um, some, like I think High Five was telling me that that Futura was here like in the seventies or something. Oh, like, I, I dude, I I heard that somewhere too. I heard that yeah. somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he just told me that the other night, and that that tripped me out because I know he came here just in the last few years again he caught a train across australia yeah i think he knows people here you know completely outside of the graph scene yeah um and he, he just i think he stayed with a family out here and whatever like a lot of them would like yeah. that get with families yes yeah so you know we get all these rides but yeah when those guys came back from the east and it blew us away and they showed us the photos you know they get the photos printed and they had the round corners and they're real grainy photos and i just thought no nah, i've got to i've got to do I got to save up money and go. So I did. I saved. I went and you know saved like a thousand dollars, which was mega bucks. That's fucking. That's huge. That's huge for any kid, specifically specifically of that era. You know, that's that's fucking big money. Dude, I could have bought three Tiranas for that. Yeah, dude. Yeah, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Easy, easy. <laughs> so I I saved up my money. I bought a bus ticket to Brisbane, uh, but at that stage, somewhat somehow, hyper turned up. I think. I think it turned up in the local record store or something. I'm not even sure how someone got a copy of it. It was yeah. hype one. And we're like, what the fuck? There's graffiti in Brisbane as well. Yeah. And and so, you know, people started writing letters. So that was, the you know, pre-email. It was like, you know, dear broke, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also do graffiti. Here yeah. is our photos, you know, and then yep. write back. Whole, you know, six weeks later, you get a letter back. <laughs> hey, you know, yeah. come visit. I'm like, fuck yeah. So I went up there. I met uh, I met Broke and a couple of the boys. Um, I think I might – I definitely met Traffic at the time. Yeah, right. Yeah, sick. Um, so and, – and remained good friends with him. 
Um, and then I might have met Hams, I think, at the time. I know I met him. So. Actually, you know what? I've got I've got photos of those early days. Yes, yeah. Um, and I met Prowler um, up there on the Gold Coast. Wow, uh, really? Yeah. Prowler, Prowler from Melbourne, yep. yeah. Yeah. got a photo of him and I standing there with – because I was writing to airbrushing T-shirts and back patches and all that kind of stuff as well. So, yeah, you know, yeah. pack, and, you know, if you're, if you're a writer back then, you, you just have to wear like shell toes or puma suede's with fat laces and bang, that was like your your communication to the world that you're a writer. Dude, or one, you're in- one, once again, and not to cut you off, but once again, that's yeah. that communication. It's it's now nonverbal communication, you know? Like yeah. you, you, knew, you knew someone that was probably into what you were into just based on appearance, just based on clothing Absolutely. alone, you know? Like let alone a back patch, man, you know? Like fuck, but yeah. you could pick it. Yeah, definitely, dude, definitely. You know, you could have paint all over your shirt, all over your pants. You could look like a scummy freaking, you know, dude from the streets, but you always had fly sneakers with yeah. fat legs. Yep, yep. And dudes always looked after their sneakers. Um, so, yeah, I met I met those boys up there, hung out with them. Um, I know I did pieces in uh, Logan. Oh, wow. No shit. At the time, yeah. Um, we're broadcasting out of, man. We're broadcasting oh, out of Logan I- currently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down here in the fucking, what? we're down here in the boondocks of Logan, but yeah, man, we're in Logan. Oh, trippy. Yeah. Um, and so I hung out with those boys for like a week and a half, and they were like, oh, you got to meet this guy called Mr. Rees in Sydney. Um, he's another guy, Blaze. He's his number. If you get a chance, go down, you know. So I rang, I got to Sydney. Um, I rang Mr. Rees. It was a really weird. I remember the first conversation was like, oh, where are you from? Yeah, how do you know about Graf? You know, everyone's like a little bit suspicious, like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. okay, well, we'll meet up at this time and place and we'll see what happens. And I remember he cracked some joke about the Brady Bunch and after that, we're like, we haven't stopped taking the piss out of each other. Yeah, 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 for real. Um, yeah. So it was, it was, you know, he was a good dude and um, he hooked up a wall for us and then we painted a wall together. Um and remained friends ever since. What years? What, what years are we talking at the moment? I, this was eighty nine. Wow. <clears throat> when yep. I first yeah bailed over years. Yeah. Um, took a long time. A thousand bucks. Oh, dude, yeah, absolutely. But then you know, beyond that, things are still so young on the east coast. Regardless, you know, like I mean, you know, like things developed in Perth at the same time they're developing on the east coast. You know, eighty three, yeah. eighty four, eighty five. Yeah. You know. And you know, it's like one of the things like. Because Perth was so isolated from from the rest of the place, every time we saw a photo, we thought, "Fuck, these dudes are the neatest paint ever." Yeah. Like, but the photo was actually hiding any kind of overspray or you know, because the photo was taken from far back. Yeah. So you never really saw pictures up close. So you always thought these guys on the eastern states and overseas were just the sharpest, cleanest painters. Um, that wasn't the fact, you know, when you saw some of the pieces in real life. But it made people in Perth try and paint really clean yeah yeah. and i think that was one of the sort of the things that sort of happened is perth riders became very clean not to say like you you, you can't part like cabin mystery and and murder you, you, you not even get close to those guys on how clean they are and their line work yeah, yeah. but but you know the perception was that that's how everybody was yeah so, um but yeah so i met mystery e, i met blaze who was doing the vapors mags um, I met, oh, geez, I can't remember. I met a couple of other writers at the time. Um, 
But I remember going to a couple of gigs and I was just like, man, this is, fuck, <laughs> we don't have nothing like this in Perth. Another world. It would be. Oh, yeah. another world. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then they're like, oh, you, um, you got to meet this guy called uh, Ransom and Jewel in Melbourne. I'm like, okay, yeah, no worries. So I went down, went down to Melbourne, um, met those guys, and, you know, Melbourne just, was just a different story altogether, wasn't it? Back then. Yeah. Like, I ran out of film, and I think I was running out of money buying film. Yeah. Just, you know, from sitting at Richmond Station taking photos of panels. Unreal. I didn't, I didn't even have to travel the lines. I could just sit at the station and go click, 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 click. You know, that, that were just – the panels were just rife. Yes. You know, it was, wasn't even just a um, – you know, the odd one here or there, you were running up and down the platform because and running between the platforms because there was just so much going on and you're just like click, 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 click. Dude, like what the fuck? Dude, to experience then, to experience that firsthand coming from, you know, man, I'm amazing. Please continue. Sorry. Oh no, that's right. Um so that, that you know, that was just there's another world to me. Yeah. Uh, and then um and yeah, like I said the other day I was listening to the murder podcast. Yes. Yep. He was talking about the abattoirs and stuff and, and, and how the photographer was taking photos. And I'm like, I was sitting there when those photos were taken. I remember that because I've got a photo. Of my, I'm pretty sure somewhere I've got the photo, taking a photo of the photographer taking a photo of those guys. You're kidding. I'm like, man, this is crazy. Oh, this is just man. And the abattoirs, you know, there was just so much graph in such a small place. Yeah. There was one piece in there that sort of fascinated me a bit, which was by uh, – it was by the transits. Ah. They did – they, they would, you know, rob riders yeah. and um, they did their own piece and they, they wrote something along the lines. I've got a photo of it somewhere, but they wrote something along the lines, you know, like, well, you know, you can't bust us for this, you know, we're going to bust you all. And mm. that was sort of at the height also. Like, so you had the transits out there. They were a bit of a law upon themselves as well. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And they, they, they were doing all sorts of acts which weren't within the guidelines of the law. Um, when it came to, you know, tracking people down that were doing pieces and stuff, they, they had their own sort of tactics. Yeah, yep, 100%. Uh, um, yeah, and I actually I got to hang out with a couple of cool guys, Watt and Dave, um, and I unfortunately left a whole lot of paint at um, Watt's place and the transits took it. I did get it back, but it freaking took a while. It took me threatening them to get lawyers. Really? Uh, yeah, because I went to get, like, what was like, dude, man, I'm sorry. They raided my house. They fucking took everything. They even took a traffic light that he had shit. that he bought at a hop shop or some shit. Like, they were, they were just, like, lawless. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were just um, – there was actually a big article in Revelations magazine about how lawless they were, and a few of them got the sack over it, actually. Oh, um, dude, I think, like, you know, like, it, it, even just um, even just with this podcast, man, one of the things we've established with what uh, specifically those Melbourne writers went through of that period, you know, throughout the fucking, mm. you know, late 80s into the 90s, man, you know, like the Peter Stevenses and the fucking, you know, oh. the, the transits underneath him, they were, dude, they were they were a law unto themselves or or, or they, they appeared to be so, you know? Yes, yeah. Unreal. They, they, um... Because, you know, who's going to and, – and it's always bothered me that, you know, at the time that, you know, they were like, say, young men mm. in their 20s and 30s and they're chasing kids and teenagers. This is what we but, say. Exactly right. We're, we're, isn't there real crime going on somewhere? Yeah, dude. But, but they tend to – it's almost like they thrived on it. Mm. Mm. You know, they, they must probably signed up for that division. Yeah, oh, man. can I be a task force man? Oh, the Graf task force man would be the best thing out. Um. 
Dude, yeah, there's, there's this thing that, man, like like I was saying just earlier, just briefly, you know, just doing even doing my research for this. I was just on YouTube and I wound up watching a bunch of old, I can't even remember, like for those out there listening, um, go to YouTube, maybe type in Melbourne graph footage 80s or something like that. So there's a great 60 minutes report from then that has gained two oh, yeah. and then, you know, yeah. there's that 60 minutes report from 89. But then beyond that, there's um, old news reports that have been collated. And it's um, like, I think it's one of them is about the 45th Super train the usa the usa crew painted in melbourne but then they have the transits in there so they've got peter stevens and another and there's a couple of others in there and um like peter stevens is going through there talking about the van he goes this is just senseless van this is absolute van i know who this bloke is you know like and just sort of going through it and you're like man like it's like the this is we're talking about an entirely different era so far removed from where we are today you know like But it, it was it, it's 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 amazing, man. For anyone out there, just yeah, go find it. You'll find it on YouTube pretty simply, pretty quickly. You know, graffiti Melbourne eighties. You know, like I found it looking yeah. up Perth stuff. You know, so yeah, it's <laughs> it, man, it, it's amazing. But just even just the language they were using, you could hear you could hear it in the language, man. And this is you know seriously, I've spoken to so many you know Melbourne writers. We've spoken to Sydney writers, heaps of Brisbane writers and shit over the course of time. But this was the first time I saw some of these today. You know, literally like this yeah. afternoon, I watched some of these reports for the first time, and I was just. Like, holy shit, you know, like it was just even in the language and their presence on camera, you know, you could tell they were, they, they, you know, they were out for more than just, you know, like, uh, I don't know, man. It's like you said, these are, these are, you know, these are uh, dudes probably in their early 30s, you know, for the most part, going after fucking kids, man, you know, and just the, the, I don't know, it was all in the language, man. Yeah, it was, it was, when you break it down, it's actually quite disturbing that, you know, that's, I think it is too. I think it is too, bro. But I did hear, you know, I did hear funny stories of like guys like in Melbourne, they they found out where one of the transits lived and they paid the house a visit mm-hmm. and whether it was wrong, um, it still was amusing that, you know, they got into the house, they tagged everything in his house, they tagged the meat in his freezer. They Fucking hell. <laughs> you know, it was a bit of a, like a, almost like a payback. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it was, it seemed full on. It seemed really full on. Um, when you were, dude, just just to interrupt you, yeah. when when you were there, like with murder, ransom, and jewel, was that the chemical lab still in the abattoirs at that point? Is that yes. what we're talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's unbelievable. Yeah, so, yeah, so I got good join ups for that, and um, and also I like actually Dragon was over there before I was, okay. and he was um, there was a show called The Factory. Was it like on the ABC? Right. Like, yep, yep. And he took photos of them that he was in Melbourne, so he took a fo- photos of them painting for the factory comp. Oh, you're joking! So he was at that city square, that city square jam. That yeah, yeah. So I've got photos of you know young murder, young uh, peril, young Paris. There's another guy there. I'm, I'm not sure who he is. Um, but yeah, I've got I've got those photos. I should find. Oh, dude, find we even spoke. We, we spoke to Hugh Dunnett a couple of weeks ago, and even he he's like, oh, dude, I'm in the background. Like even in the King's Way, there's a photo of Johnny. <laughs> there's a photo of Johnny Jewell doing a um like doing a backflip live on stage. It's an amazing photo, and there's just crowds there. But off in the yeah. distance, in the corner, he goes, dude, that's me there, and he's standing there with either I think it's uh, Paris. I think he's standing alongside Paris, and I'm just like, wow, oh, okay. you know, like the, the the people that were there, you know, like the the pioneers, yeah. man, you know. Yeah, because a couple, I think Paris and Pearl were wearing their T-shirts that seen Airbrush from. Yeah, yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so uh, Melbourne was awesome. So I ended up staying there longer than I planned to. Mm. Um, how, acti- and, how active did you get while you were in Melbourne? Oh, it, 
I did a few pieces, but that that was never going to put any kind of dent on anything. There's yeah. so there was so much graph there, so much. Yeah. Um. You know. So you know, you, you do your little bit. Um. And uh, yeah. I um. I'm not sure if I met Reach and Denim at that stage because I I remember meeting up with them in the in the early nineties. Yeah. In, yeah. UK and stuff like that, and we we got up to a bit of mischief and stuff. Um, but yeah, ended right. up. Yeah. We've had Reach yeah. on the podcast, and he actually spoke yeah about going overseas. Yeah. Big shouts to Reach, uh-huh. huge shouts to Reach yeah. WCA. Yeah, awesome dude, awesome dude. Um, so uh, yeah, and then then I uh, jumped on the bus off to Adelaide. Um, I I don't think I met any riders. I just stayed with family and stuff, and and went around the lines and the trams and just took photos. Uh, as much as I could, and then came back to Perth, and yeah, just shared those photos with everybody else, and yeah. still have those photos, and you know the old photo albums where you put three photos in per side. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and and I prefer that because you know, like I'm not going to find that USB with all those photos on it somewhere and show my mates. I'd rather just say, here's the photo album, oh, and exactly. do for it. You know, you, you can't you can't do that. No, you know, we we. As a society, we take more photos most probably today than we ever have. Mm, mm. You know, we sit and go click, 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 click. But every time we upgrade a phone, there goes those photos. Oh, bro, they, they're gone. They're gone. I was having a conversation about this on the weekend. I was like, listen, man, I, none of my shit is backed up to any iClouds or anything like that. So anytime I change phones, I mean, I go years without upgrading my phone because I don't want to lose all my photos in my phone because, you know, fucking yeah. I'm, you know, I'm six, seven, eight phones deep. Every one of them I've lost all my photos off, you know, like, yeah. and that's my that's through my own stupidity and my own lack of, you know, advancements in technology or keeping up with those advancements. But yeah, I, dude, I agree. You know, like I agree. And I grew up in that photo L mirror also, man, you know? Yeah. So I think we're going to lose a few more things, you know, like unless people proactively print out their photos. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll actually lose a lot and stuff. I don't know, actually, I don't know if this ever happened in the East, but there was a time where it was actually quite dodgy to get photos printed over here because mm. the cops started to put pressure on the photo shops. Yeah, man. Yeah. To say, hey, if you see any photos of any squiggly patterns with lots of colours, call us. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And I don't know if that was a thing over there. but oh, was It was definitely- always, you'd, you'd go in, if you were having photos developed, you'd give a fake name, you know, you'd want them done yeah. in an You'd pay the extra to have them done in the hour <laughs> rather than 24 hours and you'd give a fake name and then you might send your missus at the time in to pick them up. You know, like this is what I'm talking about when we're 15, 16, you yeah. know, like, oh, well, I'll drop, the, I'll drop the film off, we'll pay for the hour and, you know, to get them developed in that hour and then you go in and pick them up, you know, like you send your missus in to pick them up and shit like that underneath, you know, underneath a fucking fake name. <laughs> same, yeah, same, same, Steve. Dude, definitely. Yeah, because oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, they they really sort of once they sort of started to get a handle of what this this stuff was, they they really uh, put a lot of effort in and over effort also mm. to like crack down on it. And you know, there was all these reports that it was costing millions and millions of dollars to remove. And I'd sort of think that you know, graffiti was like almost the new scapegoat. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you know, you, you talk about all this. You know all this all this cost to the community but it really and that's something that baffled me is like okay you're saying this is costing the community but we are the community yeah yeah you know we're doing it because we like to see it yeah um so i don't understand why you're down on it so much but you know there's a lot and and it just depends you know like depending on what time and era i like to sort of explain this I saw this Darren Hitch report years ago, and mm. I couldn't work out if it was serious or not. But it was like 
Darren Hinch was on, you know, Darren Hinch, the old, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, definitely Darren Hinch, man, 100%. For your listeners that have no idea who Darren Hinch was. Shame, um, shame, shame. That's the one. Yep. So he, he got on TV on his talk show and he was talking about guy and he was smoking marijuana and he was just surfing all day and he was just, he was just a bleed on society. <laughs> and, you know, why are we supporting people like this and why are we paying for it, you know? And then this producer with a clipboard comes and speaks in Darren Hinch's ear and he looks up and he goes, that's right, this poor Australian, he's struggling, he's trying to get out there, he has to smoke them, smoke the herbal medicine to make him feel better for his sickness, but he's trying and he's trying to keep fit and active by surfing all the time. <laughs> Give this guy a break. He's a true Australian. <laughs> I Wait a minute! You just did that story on a guy about how bad he was for Australia and what a what a, a bludger, and you've just flipped it to say you know the poor guy needs support. Mm. I'm like, and that's how I sort of see the media. You know, like you know, if they want to say, oh, this is great, you know, look, oh, look at this, you know, first they're going, oh, look at this vandalism and it's terrible and it's a blight on society and mm. it's costing millions of dollars, but look at this amazing street art and you know it's making the place more colourful and yeah. it puts culture in the place. Yep. I'm like, okay, what the, f you know, you, you know, they're just it's, they're it, selling us. Yeah, it's, it's, that, it's, that, it's that confused mixed narrative that the media mm. have driven over the years, man. Like they have. Yep. They've, either, they've either demonized or they've publicized. You know, they've demonized or they've, or, 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 you know, they've, they've, you know, they've propped it up. And you've seen it. Like you, we've seen it. Like I said, like I was watching these reports today, just, you know, and one of them was a Hinch report, dude. Like one of them was Hinch. And um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I get it. Dude, I 100% I get it. 100%. And, you know, that's, that's why, like, over the years, you, you go out and you do a piece and you know you know sort of the, the facts behind what you just did that night or whatever. Yep. Right? And then the media get in and talk about how bad it is. You go, well, that's not bad. And then you start to see it with other elements of within the media. And you start to realise, wait a minute, why, why are they sort of trumping this up or down to, to fit their narrative? Yeah. And you sort of realise over time, like, you know, there's always another side to the story. No yes. matter what they're selling, yep. you know, they want to sell a bad story. If they want to sell a good story, they just got to change the wording and the language and stuff like that. Oh, absolutely, so, man. Absolutely. And then, then, then just start that smear campaign, you know, depending yep. on, depending on which, you know, which, which route they're going to take or which, you know, which opinion or, you know, whatever absolutely. bias, whatever bias they're going to present to the broader public. And you also have to think, you know, that period they're leading up and, well, you know, the nineties into the early two thousands before we had social media, Dude, I mean, you know, we got all our information off the TV and news was news. That's what it was. You know? So if it was broadcast, it must have been facts, you know? It was in print. It was fact. That's it. That's it. There was a huge anti-graffiti campaign through the 90s in WA too, though, wasn't there? Oh, absolutely, with uh, Richard Court and that. Yeah. Was it the anti-street art policy or something like that? Well, street art wasn't around then, so. Um, so that came up a bit later. A bit later, yeah. So. Street art first being around sort of like the last 10, 15 years. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly. So the, um, yeah, the court government said, right, we're going to, you know, like, like everywhere in the world, we're going to crack down, we're going to clean it up. Yep. Um, you know, we'll lock all these kids up and, you know, they actually made laws for kids to go to jail and some some dudes have gone to jail for graft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, technically, those laws still exist. So you can still go to jail for doing a street art mural, technically. Yeah. The stuff's so popular, I think they just sort of, that's gone by the wayside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, no, they they brought out brochures how to spot if your kid might be doing graffiti. Um, you know, do they come home late at night? Are they, you know, do they wear a mask? Do they wear a hoodie? Yeah. Um, do they have on, paint, is paint on their clothes? clothes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal, eh? You know, um, you know, these are signs that your child is going, you know, wayward. Um, yep. Crazy. It's crazy. You know, when you think about it, like, like I look at the, the art history of things and you, when, when, you know, I'm talking caveman days, you know, Neanderthal, Neanderthal, Neanderthal days, yep. you know, young, young males used to have to go down into caves and cave, draw, you know, do their art on the walls. And when they came out, they became a man and they were celebrated. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, you're part of society. You know, you told the story. Young men go into tunnels today, paint their stories, and they come out and they're like, you're going to jail. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's society's view and whatever's being sold at the time. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Is, what, um, is, is you know, part of the outcome. Yeah. Has, has and and – Oh, sorry. sorry. No, you go. you go. Oh, I was just going to say, has Perth become more, you know, more like oh, I know Brisbane, Brisbane's um, fully embraced. And, you know, like we've spoken, we've had like a casino on the show. So casino was, um, you know, and for anyone listening, you can go back in the history books and find that episode. I can't remember the number offhand, but, you know, when Expo 88 hit Brisbane, casino oh, and, an, and casino and another dude price, they were the first people locked up over graffiti. They were taken off the streets and they were given, and they were given hard time, man. Like they were given, you know, like, you know, I think he got 18 months or something, but he got 18 months in Boggo Road, dude. And, you know, there was no separation between two kids getting locked up for graph and a fucking rapist and a fucking child molester and a murderer and a fucking, you know, like legit fucked up criminals, man. Like, and these these kids are being made examples of in the late 80s here in Brisbane, you know. Like, were, were there examples made in Perth? Oh, definitely dudes have gone to jail for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the earliest one parts I remember, yeah, um, BJ got done. Okay, yeah. Uh, Wow. And they had a big article in the in the paper about you know um, you know nineteen year old man um, goes to psychological assessment to why he draws on wars. Wow. Fucking and he, he he had to go to psychological counselling to try and explain why were you drawing on wars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, because I'm doing pieces. They're like pieces of what? Yeah, it's it. They they just had no no comprehension, no comprehension, and they didn't understand it. And they, you know, society sort of sitting there with you know, with you on the couch and them sitting there with their clipboard, yeah, and just going yes, but we don't understand. Why would you? Why would you practice outside the social norms? Yeah, trying to try almost like psychoanalyze. You know, uh, yeah, hmm. just psychoanalyze something that may not necessarily require such in-depth analysis, like, you know, or the methods they're using to fucking, you know, bring yeah. about that sort of analysis. Had no understanding. No understanding. No, 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 no. You no, know, no. you should be you should be a bricklayer or something. Why yeah. don't you get a – Yeah. You know, so that, that – yeah, that was pretty full on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so how long is it like – so you come back from, um, you know, you come back from that trip down the East Coast – how yes. long is it before you're off overseas? You know, you get that fucking that travel bug, dude, because that was early too, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, so ninety. So I thought there's, you know, I started to realise magazines started appearing, and because of hype, they started to show other cities around the world of mm. uh, what's going on, and that's why you know it was really important that you know what what the twins did 
for not just the Australian scene but to promote the global scene yep. was phenomenal for yeah. what what they did. You know, um, yep. you know obviously they've got a, a story that goes along with that and not the other aspects of, of their story. Mm. But their their contribution to the greater scene like without that, would we be in the same place? I don't know. Maybe somebody else would have come along and done it. I don't know. Who, who knows, dude? Like, well, dude, listen, we've had them, we've had them both on the show. We had the Hype yeah. Twins on the show. And, um, I mean, it's a fucking chaotic listen for anyone that wants to do it. I mean, they're two identical twins that, you know, yeah. they're, they're, you know they've got their issues and whatever. But what they gave this country oh. and then in the broader sense, the world, they brought, they, I mean, they're the first ones to do it, you know, like really. Absolutely. And the longest running colour, or, you know, for its, for its time, it was the longest running color graffiti publication and it was two kids from canberra that moved to logan city in brisbane and you know got a little bit of money off their mum and did this fucking thing just built on passion alone what they did can never be overstated you know they gave so much man absolutely and you know they changed the lives of so many people even if they don't know it yeah they they, they contributed in a way that people could never Otherwise, yeah, you can never comprehend. Like, and what a hype mag was to someone of my generation. You know, someone like, listen, I'm 40 now. I'm 41 this year. When I got a hype mag at 16 years of age, holy fuck, dude! It was like it was like holding gold. You know, it was just it was like holding a hundred dollar bill. Yeah. You know, it was just something, man. It was having something special. You know. And look, if the internet came along before they did that, it would have been a different story. But they yeah. were in the right place at the right time, and they did it. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they had the foresight to do so. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so, yep, came back, saved some more bucks. Um, and I did go back to Melbourne and Sydney uh, a couple more times in between. Um, but I ended up 90, I think it was 93. I, I saved up, I bought a ticket, I went around the world ticket, um, went to the UK. Um, I knew a guy that was in Wales at the time. So I, I went there and... Um, then I went down to Birmingham. There was a big graph event there, and that's where I met like heaps of UK writers, like Shock and Rough and uh, Part and Cries yep. and uh, just heaps, heaps that I can't even remember. Sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I met heaps of them, and then um, <clears throat> they were like, "Oh, you know, there's, there's more graph in Europe." So I was like, "Oh, yeah, no worries, cool." Um, I bought a ticket, a bus ticket to Paris. Um, I jumped off the bus the next morning after catching it at night, realised I couldn't speak any of the language, thought, where's the safest place to be for me? Yeah. Subway seems pretty safe. Others would disagree, but I thought it was pretty safe. Yeah. Um, and I, I got off at a certain station. I was walking along. I met this guy that was painting on the street. He's doing a job there and turned out to be Darko. Unreal. Unreal. One of the, you know, Paris is a big city. Yeah. You know, it's not a, not a little city, so... You know, the chances, I most probably would have won Lotto better, um, but the chances were pretty unphenomenal or pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Darko ended up staying with him for a little bit, um, ended up meeting uh, John Wan from New York. Okay, wow. He had a studio there. Um, he was like, man, you're from Australia. That's crazy. Didn't know there was graph down there. Um, stay at my studio. So I was like, yeah, cool. And then in his studio was another guy, Shah, from the New York era. Yeah. Um, still, still in contact, friends with Sharp and that today. Um, they, they were just nice, level-headed guys. You know, they, they were just not condescending, not anything. Just they were more fascinated and wanted to know about graph in Australia than 
you know, I'm like, oh, you guys are from New York. You guys are from the train era. You guys are this. And they're like, oh, yeah, whatever. Tell us about Australia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, How old are you? How old are you when you were were over there? uh, I would have been about 22, I think. Okay, so fuck, you're still young too, man. So 22, what am I? I was 53 now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's unreal. Uh, so, uh, and they're like, oh, there's this other guy who's doing a painting next week that we know you should catch up with those guys, Echo and Mode. I was like, yeah, man, wow. I've heard of those guys. Wow. Uh, met up with them, painted, did some pieces with them, got on French TV. Um, and, and it was just this, like like I said, with some of the guys that were painting on the wall, we couldn't speak the same language, but there was that, there was that connection. Yeah, that commonality you know? between you all. Absolutely. And, you know, we go to a place and start painting. It's like, oh, you know, you guys got permission? They're like, nah. We just rock up and clean up the place. And, you know, they go around, tidy up the place, make it look better, do a nice mural, move on. So, you know, that blew me away a bit. Um, and then, you know, from there they were like, um, oh, I think one of the – I think it was Darko said, oh, you know, you should go to go to um, Munich, meet mm. Lumen. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've heard of him. He came to Australia. Um because he, I think he was one of the first Europeans to come out this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. not first, but in that first group, maybe. Yeah, definitely early, early. He even painted yeah, Brisbane. Early. He had panels running Brisbane and stuff, like he had like yeah. 91, I think, 92 oh. maybe. So definitely, a, like, and he was so motivated. You know, we used to call him, you know, well, Commandant Lumet. You know, he was just like, you know, come on, come on. He just, he was motivational mm. in a good way or a bad way. That's up to people to decide, but he was motivational. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I always got along with him fine. So, you know, went went to, to Munich. He was very welcoming, stayed there for a long time, painted, um, and, and saw so much graph from other people, you know, and all the good graph was always in the dodgy areas. Yeah. So, you know, you'd have to go crack at dawn when all the, all the crackheads had gone home. Or you know, falling asleep somewhere, um, and you get in, you get your photos, check out all the stuff because you had to see this stuff live. You know, oh, it's, it's not like today where you look at the stuff on a on a what two inch by three inch screen or whatever. You had to see it firsthand. Had to see it firsthand, man. You had to experience it. Yeah. Um, and then um, you know, ended up in Berlin, uh, painted what they call the East Side Gallery, but I think more commonly known as the Berlin Wall. Oh wow! Okay. And dropped a piece on that. Um, you know, that even that was a crazy experience. I'm painting there by myself. This car pulls in around the corner, drives up, parks about 20 metres away from me. This guy who, to me, looks like a full-blown skinhead gets out of the car. Mm. I'm like, oh, fuck. He just stares at me, walks to his boot, like backwards, opens up his boot, staring at me, opens his boot. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. He gets something out of his boot, shuts his boot. I'm like, oh, fuck. He walks up to me, no expression on this dude's face whatsoever, walks up to me, looks at me, he goes, you do graffiti? <laughs> I'm like, um, yeah. <laughs> and he just drops this bag in front of me. I'm like, what the fuck? And it's a bag full of cans. Shit. Like, okay. And he just stands there. And I'm like, I've almost finished my piece. I'm like, okay, cool. And then he goes, you come with me now. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, oh. You come with me now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sure, dude. And he goes, now. I'm like, okay. And he fucking, we get in this car and he's not talked the whole time. Yeah. And he's like, I'm like, am I going to be dead this afternoon? Yeah, am I going to be fucking river? Yeah. Am I going to be fucking just found 
just just assembled and <laughs> thrown over again. thrown over the other side of the wall. <laughs> oh fuck me! And then he starts driving down an alleyway, and he pulls up and he looks at me and he says, "Stay here." I'm like, "Oh fuck!" And I'm thinking, "Do I run? What do I do, man? Yeah. This guy's like fucking mad serious, you know?" Yeah. And he goes in this gate, and a couple minutes later, he walks out and just sort of stands there and crosses his arms. I'm like, "What the fuck?" And then this dude comes running out with a big smile going, hey, you're from Australia? Hey, I do graffiti. I have graffiti shop. Come, come. I was like, what the fuck? And he goes, ah, this is my friend. He's not very funny. Don't worry. <laughs> and I'm like, what the He's fuck? not very funny. <laughs> and he takes me around the whole afternoon showing me spots for graph and stuff like that. And, you know, he had like, he had the very first graph shop I'd ever seen in 92. Wow. Like I'd never the concept of a graph shop before. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck? So he, um, yeah, man, his name was Ben, really nice guy. Takes me around, gives me cans, goes, oh, this is can for graffiti. It was a can of Sparva. And um, Sparva was uh, like a European brand at the time. Okay, yeah. Like in competition to Belton and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and really nice, sweet-smelling paint, but mm. it reacted with every other paint. So... It wasn't really popular unless you only use Sparva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, cool. So I made a good contact with him, met some other writers, peace with them, and then then I went to jump on a train and um, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go to Amsterdam. And they're like, yeah, yeah, this is the right train to Amsterdam. And then I woke up in Dortmund, which is on the border of uh, France and – France somewhere. It's on the border of Germany and, you know, towards mm. – of the French countries, um, and I got off, and this guy came past and said, "No more train, no more train, got to get off." And I was like, "Oh fuck, mm. where am I going?" To go? And so I'm like sussing out areas I could sleep at the train station, and sure enough, this train pulls in, and it said to Paris, and I'd actually been in Paris for like two months already. Yeah, and I was like, fuck it, I'm going back to Paris. Yeah, jumped on the train, ended up back in Paris in the morning, ended up staying there for another couple of months. Um, loved it, man, because like coming from Perth, where art culture is basically zero. Yeah, dude. That's what I was about to say. Non-existent at the time. Non, non-existent. Let's yeah. say non-existent. Yeah. Let's say just oh, non-existent. Yeah. To Paris, where there's just museums and hundreds, hundreds of years worth of art history, like the actual paintings, not in books, yes. not in black and white picture books that you've seen in school but the actual paintings you know you go to the Louvre and the actual painting is there in front of you all the sculpture is there and I, I actually failed art in high school because I, just, I thought art history is a fucking yeah. waste of time yeah, it wasn't yeah. interesting but when I was there and I could see the stuff live in front of me I just I did just blew me away and I just wanted to absorb as much as possible and you know you walk around the streets of Paris and there's just is statues from 16 blah 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 there oh it's amazing yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. I, I haven't been to paris but i, I like well my my wife she's traveled europe and stuff like yeah. that but then we went to the uk and that's this is what i always tell people like i went to the uk and we stayed three doors down from a building that was born that was built in 1019 or something i'm like <laughs> it's just it's unfathomable it's like 1019 there's a building still standing from 1019 I was just like, wow, you know. But yeah, I've heard the same thing. Like Europe, those statues, you know, just the art oh. that that still exists, that's existed for fucking years, centuries. So long, man. Yeah. So long. Yeah. So so long. And yet, you know, 
humans get all angry at each other every now and then and bomb each other and blow each other up and they lose all this. Yeah, dude. Yeah, right? absolutely. And, and, you know, and we've only got what's left. Could you imagine what was destroyed? Oh, bro, you know? listen, you know, they, they, I mean, they talk about the great libraries of Alexandria and all that sort of thing. I mean, oh. imagine the knowledge that, you know, like what existed, you know, they burnt books in the streets, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah, anything, I think, what was it when Christianity or, you know, was it, uh, I, I'm, I could be totally wrong, so I won't go into it, but I remember hearing when Christianity was spread across the Western world, you know, from Europe through the Western world, you know, they went through and anything thing that questioned it was the work of the devil so we lost so we lost. much history so much art so much culture you know that was just yep. you know just fucking torn down you know and just yeah just fucking lost man lost yeah i know it's it's unbelievable um and actually that brings me like to a point i wanted to talk about is like you know the sharing of knowledge of you know like techniques and and in graphs so one of the important things that I learned when I was traveling, like when you had to carry your photos with you all the time to prove that you could actually paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the techniques that I learned, like I learned in Perth certain techniques because we had certain paint. I got to Europe, I learned different techniques because they had different paint. Yeah. I went to, you know, North America and I learned different techniques again um, because they had different paint. Yeah. And, you know, there was a time I remember I was. This was in the eighties, and I was talking to late eighties, uh, maybe nineteen ninety. I can't remember. But you know, I was on the phone to Johnny Jewell, and he's like, he's just got back from the states. Yeah. And he's like, man, I saw this technique in LA. It's called a stencil cap. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, you get a you get a spray can, then you cut it down, you cut a hole in it, and it gives you skinny lines. And I'm like, where'd you learn that from? He goes, oh, a guy from LA called Hex. And I'm like. Okay, so I gave it a couple of whirls, and I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. But that that technique completely changed the way I paint. Yeah. And that was a conversation with a guy from Melbourne who'd been to L.A. Yeah, dude. And, had and, been, and it had been there early, you know, like early, yeah. man. You know, like when we had Johnny on, I spun out, man. Like he was there for the release of spray can art, for fuck's sake. I mean, he's in it. He's in spray can art. But, you know, like he's there. You know, it's just, yeah, it's it's unfathomable to me that, you know, that you would be there in 86, 87. You know, like it's just, yeah, man, unbelievable. So, you know, and, and that's one thing I learned traveling is different techniques, you know. Like the technique we had in Perth and, and, and around Australia was – you know, we had a kill rust and it had too much pressure. So you get a piece of paper and you put it between the nozzle and the stem, it would slow it down. That's right. You know, and, and you know, places where it was really hot, you know, they were putting cans in the freezer or the fridge to mm. cool them down. It means yeah. they paint it slower, you know. And, and you learn these little techniques and, and how to roll your wrist when you paint and it gives you a different technique. And it just, you'd learn this shit. And then you'd realise you're teaching other dudes techniques that you'd come up with that they were blown away with. Oh yeah, dude. And, and different styles, and you know, it was just—it was just this huge communication swallow. Yeah. How did you find but, the paint when you landed in Europe? Like, was it just was it was it was it far more advanced than the paint you were using in Australia at the time? It was mind numbing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it didn't smell as good. Like the toxins and that, nothing beats a toxin smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and any bunch of if you pull out a, a can of toxin. And there's a certain age group of writers there. Oh, you just see a smile on their face and like, hey, pass man, give me a car. Yeah, man. Me Everyone turns around. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. like, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> give me a sniff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Yep. 
Oh, Cobnut, man. Cobnut. Yeah, fucking hook me up, man. Cook me up some Cobnut. <laughs> <laughs> it's universal almost. Oh, not universal, but universal in terms of Australia. I mean, it's, you know, across Australia. You talk to anyone. That Tuxin smell, man. Everyone knows that Tuxin smell, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure they changed it when they brought the Tarner out a bit, you know. But, mm, mm. yeah, you know, all the can collectors that have got their Tuxins, you just walk up to their Tuxins, like, oh, man, can I just have a little – and they're like, no, 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 no. You're like, come oh, man, hook me up. <laughs> it's like a fix. <laughs> it is, man. <laughs> For real. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, definitely I think we've always had the best smelling paint. But, um, no, the Europeans, man. Okay, so I went from Australia where we eventually got Tuxins and we eventually got the uh, Drupal Colors and, you know, the, the, the plastic coats and the Krylon. So we, we started to have a color range, man. We, you know, it was still double-digit color range. Yeah. Um, maybe triple digits if you put an extra couple of colors, Bermuda Blue and the, some of the other stuff. Because at one stage, we never even had pink. I remember yeah. a guy at Doc came into the city one time and he wrapped a can of pink and everyone's like, what the fuck? Pink? Yes. Yeah. And it's like when I met the UK artists. They didn't, they didn't have a lot of colours in the UK. They didn't really at that time have access to European paint. Mm. So they started to mix their paint. I was like, what? Had you mix your paint? But it's a spray can. And like, yeah, you freaking make this particular nozzle or you get a biro and you cut it yep. a certain way and you put one can in the freezer and one can warm and you can mix colours. And I'm like, oh, fuck it. Like, yeah. dude, any colour on earth all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, and then dudes were getting dye mark and pumping all the pastel colours, you know, getting white and pumping in colours and, you, you know, your cans would be two, three times heavier than they should be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because dudes were mixing. So that was a technique that I learned from UK writers and then I learned the stencil cap technique from the American writers. And then, like, you got to Europe and they were like, yeah, we got all these colours, so what? I'm like, but dude, you know, like, you've got, like, hundreds of colours. Mm. They sort of couldn't fathom the concept of having 30 colours. Yeah. So that was a real eye-opener yeah. for me. Like, what? You know, there's like four shades of orange, and they're like, no, there's 20 shades of orange. What are you talking about? Fucking hell. So they had that, they had that early. They had that early, man. That blew me away. Um, yeah. But we also had that sort of mindset here. Um, I'm not sure if it was in the Eastern States, but in Perth, there was that mindset was, Oh, but that spray can's for cars. Why would you use it for graffiti? Mm. It says it's for, for cars. I'm like, dude, it sprays. Yeah, yeah. And it's got I'm using it. Yeah, absolutely. So, the, um, but, yeah, so the European stuff blew me away. And then I got to America and there's, like, you know, they had the Rustos and the Krylons, especially in New York. Um, and what I found with that is their paint was – the American paint was really sort of, like, like a lot thicker in its application. Yep. Or, cover a lot lot better. Yep. Uh, European paints would cover, but you'd have to have a clean wall, whereas the American paints would like, if you had rust, dirt, grime, it didn't matter. It just went over it. Yeah. So um, I, through connections through John Wan and Sharp, um, I, I had a connection of a guy to New York, and he's most probably the most up dude in New York, and, and not many people would dispute that because everywhere you go in New York, he's just up. Mm. He's just been up for decades and stuff like that. Yes. So he he um, he was great. He um, introduced me to you know basically the mecca of of the whole graffiti thing and took me down into the the tunnels. Yeah, and that that blew me away because I had no idea that basically there were societies of people living in those tunnels. Unreal. 
they you go down the tunnels and 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 into the you know the very like New York's about three or four um, levels underneath the city. Yeah, you know, just from the train lines, yeah. and there's, there's there's places where you know they they were building platforms in the seventies, and because of the corruption and everything like that, you know, people would take money to build a train platform and then never finish it. Yeah, or train lines would just stop because yeah. New York's built on rock, a bit like Sydney. You know, Sydney's built on rock. Yes, yep. Um, so New York's built on rock, and you just the train line would come around the corner and just stop because they just stopped building it. Yeah. And then the um, uh, you'd find like he just knew where stations were built and never finished, and it was just like an eye opener. And then you'd go down there, and you know they've never buffed, they've never buffed in the tunnels. Wow. So you know I'm like looking at an LSD tag from the seventies. Still, still there. And and then five days later, I'm talking to LSD himself, and he's like, "Hey, you're from Australia. Tell me about Australia." I'm like, "Dude, tell me about New York and the history." He goes, "Nah, fuck that. Tell yeah. me about Australia." Oh, dude, because it's I'm a like, lived experience for them. You know, they're they're yeah. you know, you want to soak that up, but they want to know about you. Yeah, that's fucking unreal. Dude. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, man, this is crazy. And then, um, so you know, you go down to these tunnels, and you'd hear the TV going, you'd hear a washing machine going, you'd hear. You know, and, and the guy I'm with is just like, hey, you know, hey, John, hey, Fred, hey, you know, Maxine, how you doing? You know, because he just, he was in the tunnel so much, he just knew the guys. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that 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 was a bit of an eye-opener. And, and, yeah, we just walk along and we just see tags from all different eras. Like, be great to see, like, uh, and that's one thing I asked Martha Cooper when she did a tour over here. I mean, there's obviously a lot of great documentation of the trains that were above ground. Yeah. That was being done, but did anyone really document all the tags and the insides and the, you know, what was going on? And she said, unfortunately, like it happened a little bit, yeah, but not to any great length, like, because you know everyone was so fascinated by the pieces and the trains yeah. on the outside that are, the 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 insides were sort of like an afterthought. You know, no one really thought to sort of document them as what they were. They just sort of more documented. You know, riders were hanging out in there, or yeah. You know, just like, oh, look, you know, here's a Tuesday afternoon with some people and there just happened to be random tags in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they didn't document – they documented less of the bombing, just more of, you know, the, the fucking – the productions that were being churned yes. out. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose understandably so. If you are if you were in New York, uh, you know, you, when you're in the mecca of, <laughs> of you know, of this thing, it's, you know, I suppose you're – man, like those fucking – those trains of – of that era up until you know the late 80s i mean man they were rolling galleries you know hey man i mean unfortunately i'm missing you know the bulk of that but i I got to put my little you know mosquito bite on the system Mm. um and you know i did did a few few things in the tunnels and stuff like that and we got to do what we needed to do and stuff like that and took our own documentation um but you know and and i got to go back numerous times over the years uh, and, and catch up with the same guy and um, it, it was just, you know, and his his documentation of, of what happened in the early days is phenomenal as well. Oh, it would be. And he was quite lucky that a lot of people entrusted him with, like if they, you know, dudes would get out of the scene or whatever and they go, oh, look, here's my photo collection. You know, here's all my stuff. So he just ended up getting a lot of stuff from a lot of people just from them giving them to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, it's it's like in every other scene, you know, um, well, that's my experience of what it was like is, you know, you've got people, you know, uptown, downtown, like in Coney Island, like, you know, all the different boroughs. So they've all got their own scenes. They've all got their own sort of stories of what's happening. Yeah. 
And because it's such a large city, um, you know, you could be down down one end of town doing your thing and not really know what was going on. So if you were going to get up and go all city, you had to do a lot. Yes. Yep. Very much so. You had to do a shitload yeah, of stuff. And and they and and like and they talk about that, you know, even just being a hip hop fan since day dot, like a dude from Harlem, you know, up to you know, sort of, you know, at the arse end of Manhattan, they have no idea of what's going on in Queens, you know. And you think, well, you know, like we travelled this country, man, to discover anything and everything, but in that moment, at that time, man, they weren't going out of their burrow, you know, like they weren't yeah. going, they weren't, they weren't crossing the fucking, you know, the Brooklyn Bridge or whatever the fuck it was, you know. Like, well, they didn't need to because the trains came to them. Yes, yeah, exactly. They did their thing, and then the train left, yeah. and then it would come back with you know somebody else's comment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Whereas. That didn't happen in our cities, you know. If we if we wanted to do something somewhere, um, we had to go and do it. That's we right. had to go there, and, and you know, hence the, the travel and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, definitely got to go back to New York and do that 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 thing a few times. And then I realised after about the fourth time, I was like, you know what? I've never seen the Statue of Liberty. I've never seen the Brooklyn Bridge. I've never <laughs> seen Twin Towers. I was like. I should actually see some of this shit. You'd never done the tourist thing. <laughs> the tourist thing. Yeah, dude. I did the alternative tourist yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. I'd come out of the tunnels at three o'clock in the morning, full of dust and dirt, and wow, you know, as, as filthy as. Yeah, loving it. You but know, see that, but that, but that's that, that's that's an experience. Like you know, visiting that like that city, dude. That's an experience within itself that no one else has. I mean, millions of like you know, I went there one man. Like I saw the Statue of Liberty. I went to Thirty Rock. You know, you 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 cross the Brooklyn Bridge. You do all these different things. Like, but to experience those tunnels, man. To experience what what existed underneath that city. Wow. Yeah. You know, like wow, man. That's you know, that's incredible. I mean, dude. Listen, we'll get back. We'll get back to the travel. But, yep. you know, we're talking about, you know, we're talking about the early 90s and stuff. I wanted to ask you about going to Melbourne for the aerosol yes. comp, you know, like that that competition where, you know, it brought together, you know, everyone around Australia. Was that was that one of the early, one of the earlier times you would meet those sort of artists all, you know, sort of congregated together? I think it was the first time I met, like, dudes from around Australia in such mass numbers. Yeah, that's so kind I, of what I'm getting at, yeah. Yeah, so I already knew, like, the hype boys, I already knew – um, actually, you know what? I've still got a video of the whole thing. I took a video camera. Oh, you're kidding. I've, I've still got a video of it, and it's yeah, it's quite entertaining. Wow, um, dude. There, there was like a punch-on below where Puzzle was painting. Bro, I um, heard about the punch-on. Yeah, I've been told about it. Yeah. I filmed him filming or looking down watching the fight. Because <laughs> it was just sort of like casual, like, oh, a couple of locals punching on. Yeah, no worries. Cool. Everyone watching. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay, everyone got to what they're doing. Um, but, yeah, first time... So I already knew Mr. E. I already knew um, his brother who painted with Prince. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd met Jay. I think I met Punch there for the first time. I'd never met Cab until then. Okay. Um, so, you know, it was sort of split. You know, I met some of the guys before. But that was the first time we sort of all came together nationally. Mm. Um, and that was put on, what, by the Victorian yeah. Association of Communities? That's right, the, the VAYC or whatever. That's it, yep. yep. And, and, you know, that for the first time, sort of everybody sort of just came together and just, yeah, you know, there was obviously issues with certain things. But there was other other things happening at the time, other videos and filming. and um, But as a general overall, it was the first mass gathering of Aussie writers. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. Um, and you know we were always the mystery group because you know we're from out west that's it dudes in melbourne sydney talk about oh yeah i'm from out west but we're from out keep going no, keep going yeah, dude, the wild wild west bro like you're closer to where we are yeah exactly um so we're also like the mystery group so how did you, um, how did you so, get involved in that? How did you get involved in that competition? Like being, you know, being on the West Coast, man, how did you wind up sort of in that mix of mix of artists? 92. Jeez. Um, Was that by being in Melbourne prior? Oh, it, it must have been. And I must yeah. have met Joe from the VAYC. Um, um, yeah, and maybe they said, oh, look, you know, get these guys over. Um, I can't really remember how we got the invite, but I remember we and we're like, man, we just got to get there. I don't know how we're going to get there, but we just got to get there. It's got to be done. It's just got to be done. So yeah. um, Dash and I went to the FC. Um, uh, who else? Well, I think Promise was there. Um, who else from Perth? I can't remember. I'd have to look at the photos. Yeah, no, I think, uh, well, I mean, uh, the photos I've seen are credited to you and Dash. Yeah, I think we, we had our own wall. Yep. I know that. We were between Cab and we were between uh, Murder and Punch. Um, yeah, but aw awesome time, you know? And Oh, amazing, amazing stuff. You know, it's just, yeah, like, you know, it's this whole community of whether you like each other or not, this whole community sort of in its – well, it wasn't early days then because it was just the days we were living. Mm. Um, but it was just – it was um, mind-blowing to sort of when you look back and go, wow, that was, you know, the the, uh, the infant days of it. And, you know, Hype Magazine was out. You know, you've got – everyone who was there had their, had their game on. Yes, certainly, certainly. They were established. If you were there, you were yeah. established. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you might have rocked up uh, – Induced by other substances, yeah, so to speak. yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> um, but you were still there because you could do your shit and yeah. you could still hold. Um, and you know, and and panels were running, and, and people were just—it was just like this super, super creative time. Um, you know, amongst amongst young people, mm. you know, they were motivated young people. This wasn't a. You know, and that, that's what people got to remember about Graph. It's not organised by some older group back then to, you know, to give the young kids a go. No. This was young kids giving young kids a go. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, this, and, is, this is kids just going, man, like, you know. Yeah. And, and people were, were being staunch about it and people were being creative about it and people – it was just on as a creative force. I can't think of anything else – in, in especially recently, you know, like there's always some kind of, you know, corporation or some kind of sort of agenda behind things. Yeah, yeah. Whereas back then, it was, there was no agenda. There was like get up. Yes. Get up. And, you know, there was no like, oh, I only do legals or I only do street art or I only do letters or I only do characters or you did everything, you know. So dude, dudes were out there. Doing the what was it called aerosol Oz or something like that? Yeah, uh, yeah, the aer aer aerosol, aerosol. Or yeah, it, it was pretty hard. To I remember we were like, what the, "How do you say this?" Yeah, what? Well, yeah, what the fuck is it exactly? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and so dudes were doing that during the day, and then they might have been going off doing panels or doing walls somewhere or mm. getting smashed somewhere or just, you know, it was just on. It was just 
it was such a you know and it's not to say that today isn't creative as well it's just it's just a different different time it is a far different time absolutely man that i mean that that, that creativity gets spread through dms and social media these days it yeah. doesn't it doesn't congregate at a wall on mass you know where no. you where you where you'd see nothing like it prior you'd see nothing like it prior did that did that then lead you to do the aeroglyphics thing later on in 95 so i so that was 92 i think yes yep 92 so Obviously, I, w I went to – I was did my world trip 93. Then 94, um, you know, I just, just had that bug. I was like, fuck, man. You know, I'd already gone to a couple of things in Europe, in, in the UK, and I went to um, a big gig in LA as well. And I went – then Dash and I decided we're going to do the trip together. Mm. Um, and we'd just done that painting job for these guys in Perth and they're like, oh, are you coming back? I'm like, nah, I bought a one-way ticket. I'm out of here, man. Yeah, I'm gone. I'm gone. And they said, oh, what would make you come back because we want you to work for us? And I was like, dude, I'm out of here. Mm. Um, you know, if I had a job, I'd come back. And the guy said to me, okay, I'll give you a job. And I said, dude, I bought a ticket. I'm not even going to be back for another eight weeks. Yeah. And he goes, hey, I'll pay you for eight weeks holiday before you even start work. You're kidding. Fuck. Um, I wanted me to, you know, work for him. Wow. Like, dude, really? Like, oh, fuck. I said, I'll tell you what. You pay for me for four weeks and I'll think about it and I'll call you to let you know if I'm coming back. Yeah. And he said, yep, no worries. So Dash and I went across to the UK. We went in a, another big graphic competition in Birmingham, um, which, funny story, the, U, the Birmingham writer came in one morning after we'd been all out that night and they said, what the fuck have you guys been doing? And we're like, oh, I don't know, just bombing around town. They're like, you fucking bombed the local police station. We're like, oh, whoops. <laughs> we didn't even know, man. We didn't had to pack. Know. Didn't even know. We had to pack up and get the hell out of there. Yeah, for real. Um, um, so we left quite quickly. Um, but, yeah, and then, then we went to Paris together and uh, we went up the Eiffel Tower and we were just, like, writing our name everywhere. Um we got photos of all the signage coming down and, you know, we'd obviously do what people do is like sign in everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we thought we were going to get busted, but we were lucky we, didn't, we got away with that. Mm. Uh, and then um, then I thought about it and thought, oh, fuck it, I'll go, back. I'll go back to Australia. So I rang the dude and said, look, I'll be back in another couple of weeks. And so Das went on to Europe, to Germany and all that. I, I came back to Australia. But I went to a couple more jams and stuff. And I thought, man, this is this has got to happen, you know, yeah. like surely. And you know, I'd made made some good contacts and stuff like that. And I came back to Australia, and the the guy, um, you know, he wanted a whole lot of graphic design work. His wife at the time was starting a like a streetwear business. Mm. So I thought, all right, I'll come back. And um, uh, which in the you know what, it was a good choice in the end because I actually met my wife. She came in for a job interview one day back then. Yeah. And, um, like, you know, nothing happened back then, but, you know, I met her at the time. We were years later, got married. That was all cool. Um, but so it was a good choice to come back. But when I got back, um, one of the things that I was still doing was painting walls. And he said, oh, you know, how much do you pay for your spray cans? And I said, oh, man, we pay like seven bucks if we have to. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, we, we try and liberate them if we can. <laughs> liberate them. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, why don't you just import them yourself? And I was like, what? Import? What are you talking about? You just go to a shop and you buy them. And he goes, no, you can import stuff. 
And that blew my mind. I was like, what the, what do you mean import stuff? And this guy was importing train parts, like for like locomotives and shit. Okay, wow. And he goes, yeah, you just ring him up and to say you want to be an importer. I was like, oh, okay, no worries. So I, um, he goes, what paint would you want? I was like, oh, Rust-Oleum. He goes, all right, let's find Rust-Oleum. And so I had to go to the library to the American phone book section to find Rust-Oleum's phone number. Yeah. And we rang it up and they said, oh, look, we've already got a, 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 a somewhere in Australia that imports it. So, you know, thanks for the inquiry, but no thanks. And I was like, oh, a bit bummed, but I was okay. It was only like a couple of weeks later they rang back and said, oh, look, we've got rid of that imported. Do you want to bring it in? Fast. Okay, well, what do we do? And he goes, well, you just buy it in bulk. And so he'd organised a whole stack of paint from Rust-Oleum to go from um, – because Rust-Oleum is uh, made in Wisconsin. Okay, yeah. Uh, across to Reno where his train parts were. So train parts were coming into the country to fix the trains, but then all the paint was coming in to decorate the trains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, the, in the same container. Yeah. And um, – and I, I said to him at the time, oh, yeah, we should do this big event, you know, graffiti's real popular, um, you know, maybe we should get, you know, some artists in and stuff like that. And so he, he was like, yeah, just do it, man. So I um, hooked up with a few other people and stuff like that and, you know, proposed the idea. Um, and there was a place called Perth City Mission um, and they, they were getting sort of right behind Graph at the time. So we got those guys on board. And we, I said, look, you know, let's just get writers from all around Australia, bring them here. We'll get a couple of international dudes and we'll bring them in yep. and we'll just have like a, a graffiti festival. And so, it, you know, it, it took about a year to put together and stuff like that. Mm. And, um, yeah, so we got different writers from around Australia, most, mostly like dudes like that were the main people that were up and at the time. Of course. Of um, course. So, so from Queensland, we got Traffic and Hams. Um, and they're, you know, different writers from different spots. There's a couple of guys I didn't know, but they were sort of, you know, the most active dudes like Relic and uh, Death and, yep. you know, they were the main dudes from Melbourne at the time. Yep, yep. Um, and Reaching Denim came across and um, Unique and uh, Tome and... Um, memories fading a bit, but we got Mode 2 and Darko in. Um, like I mentioned before, Lumet just turned up. Lumet he shows up. Just shows up, man. That's what you do, isn't it? Just show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we basically had a, a week-long festival where we had an exhibition, like just, you know, on canvas. Um, and we had the graph stuff on this big building uh, where everyone had, a, like, an allocated spot. Um, and then we had... Uh, a music event, which um, Def Witchcast played at. Yeah. I think, um, like, if you talk to Optimus from Perth, yes, he'll uh, he'll he'll fill in his his backstory and his history. But I think that might have been like the key point that got those guys really motivated to get into stuff. I'm pretty sure you're right, man. We've had Optimus on the show, dude. We've had him on. on yeah. Um, yeah. I can't remember what number episode once again. You know, I, I don't keep these yeah. numbers handy. But um, yeah, dude. Yeah. Like Ops sort of broke down a lot of um, what went on in Perth. And he cites, I, I know he cited the, you know, specifically graffiti and, you know, that, that sort of, you know, the movement that was happening there at the time that you were bringing about. Man, there was, there was just so much, you know, yeah. When you look back, you sort of, you forget half the shit you did, you know. Oh, bro, yeah. fuck. Even for this video, I had to write down stuff and I was still forgetting. 
Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But that's but that's yeah. what I tell people, man. We're going back three and a half decades in some cases, you know, just to talk about, you know, just to talk about, I mean, this aeroglyphics. I mean, ninety five. You know, I mean, ninety five for a lot of us still feels like it was, you know, ten years ago. But ninety five is now fucking what twenty seven years ago. It's just like shit. Our children could be having children. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you know, straight up, straight up. It's unbelievable. Well, granddad, what was aeroglyphics like? Yeah. <laughs> We bombed everything. Yeah. Uh, so the great thing about aeroglyphics, obviously, again, like all the writers were together, but unlike the very first event where writers would turn up and paint over two days, this was a week-long festival um, and the writers were all staying in the same hotel. We booked hotel for everybody. Yeah. We put it all in the same hotel. So, And it was a really hot summer and we got as many people here before New Year's Eve because it kicked off on the 2nd of January. Ah. So Everyone here, straight after Christmas, people were flying in, checking into the hotel. So basically, everybody got to spend New Year's Eve here in Perth, 94, 95, New Year's Eve, where, you know, it just went off. You know, we went through little clubs in the city. Dudes were breaking at, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning in Northbridge where all the clubs are and stuff like that. It, it, it was just like this huge upsurge of, you know, information, connection. Yeah. Communication, exchanging of ideas, whether it was through the music, whether it was through the art, whether it was through the beboing, whether you know, what, whatever, however, it was just and and we didn't just like get together for one night. We had like you know we had barbecues every night. We had um, you know spots where people could just go practice and paint if they wanted to. Yeah, uh, yeah it yeah. was so hot in Perth that everyone stopped painting at about eleven o'clock in the morning. Fuck, and about and then the the, the 12-seater bus would or we'd have two of them they'd rock up people jump on the bus take them down to the beach because perth's got really nice beaches mm. take dudes down the beach for swimming so you got all these hip-hop dudes and riders swimming <laughs> the the perth highlight beaches bring them all back to the wall about 2 30 bang everyone's painting again then bang there's a barbecue that night everyone's in the pool and it went on for a week where just there was this massive exchange and then and the hotel was right like less than 100 metres from where everyone was painting. And then we had the jam, um, which I think was called Manifestation of Fatness, I think it was called. Okay. But Steve, Steve organised that, Steve Cross organised that. And, you know, he, he got Death Wish cast for the main um, act. Mm. But we had other people up there. And, you know, we were so tired and so buggered and so exhausted, but we were so ecstatic. Yeah. You know, it was just like, man, this is just like, the best thing um and and it was our time it was our time our place our you know everybody was was just full on and i remember mode like one of the comments he made at the time so he's he's obviously you know he's, he's european writer quite you know well known over there quite you know dudes would jock him almost yeah and he came he came to perth and dudes would rock up to him and go what do you write mate <laughs> and, he, and he'd be like oh, i write mode too and they're like oh yeah where are you from? Fuck. And you go, oh, I'm from Europe. And you go, and, and the dudes here would be like, cool. No worries. See you around, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and but he said, like, in Europe, dudes would be like, you know, jocking him a bit. But he said, Aussie dudes were like, just like, you're just one of the fellas. Yeah, yeah. You're just one of the boys. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to chill out? Do you want to hang? Do you want to, you know, I'll sign your book? You sign my book? Yeah, cool, man. Oh, you can paint pretty well. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you're not bad, mate. <laughs> so his view on Australian writers at the time was just like, just chill. Everyone's chill. And he was supposed to only stay for like two weeks, I think, and he ended up extending his ticket quite a fair bit. 
Yeah, wow. Uh, which in, ended up he did a lot of pieces in Perth. Yes. Uh, so, and he didn't go to the East. Um, I'm not sure why, but um, but I think he was just happy, just, you know, the relaxed atmosphere and the laid-back atmosphere of, of Perth and the riders here. and Yeah, just comfortable. Uh, just, yeah. And so, you and know. And it like, sounds like, and not to interrupt you, but it sounds like you made everyone comfortable. Like you put people up, you, you know, like you, you made this something that probably hadn't existed prior, you know, like, yeah. you know, you, you're not, you, you're not like just, you know, you don't just have fucking 10 dudes congregating on Perth and they're sleeping on floors here, there and everywhere. You're actually organizing something, man. You're putting on this actual factual event. Well, that's what I would see happening overseas. And I thought yeah. we need to sort of somehow replicate this. And treat the artists as artists, not just like, you know, a bunch yeah. of thugs going around and just spraying on stuff. Yeah. Like, guys actually had, you know, um, uh, you know, something to contribute. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, and it's funny, like, I've actually collected canvases from different writers that have come to Perth for years. Um, and I've sort of realised now I've got, like, a quite a deep collection of overseas artists uh, and and some pretty well known ones like just their canvas and stuff. Like I could do actually do a show just on like the collection that I have. That's sick. That's sick. Um, but you know they were all those canvases were done like in the backyard. Dudes would come and go, and I'd be like, "Hey, dude, do you want to you want to rock a canvas?" Mm. And they'd be like, "Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. No worries." Yeah. And, and you know, and they're still they're still there, and I still got them and stuff like that. And you know, now these dudes are sort of like, if, if I dare say it, like almost superpowers within the, yeah, certainly. the, art, the art world. Certainly. Dude, I mean, just, you know, you were saying just before you have video footage of that aerosol comp, you know, like, I mean, or aerosol, like well, however the fuck it's pronounced, the aerosol comp. Uh, like, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's got to be, that's, 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 you know, that's gold with, you know, just in itself, man. If you still have video I, footage of that, I can't imagine much, I can't imagine much beyond the photos Exist all oh, that, dude. No, because no, there was crowds and crowds of people every day. Yeah. Well, not two days, so I say every day. Um, I should, you know, YouTube that kind of stuff. Oh, I've got, yeah. I've, Digitize it in oh, some in, somehow. Yeah. yeah. And, put, and put it out there, you know, because it's it's no good getting lost in, you know, my back room. Um, yes. And be seen again. Because, like, I've got – there was a, there's an MC over here called Hunter. Oh, yeah, and bro, I've got, yeah, yeah, of course. I've got video footage of his first gig um, in, in Fremantle. Yeah. And I know I've got it, and, and I'm just slowly, when I find video tape, VHS tapes, I pulled out a, a Betamax tape actually the other day. Yeah. And, and I'm like, oh, I don't even know how to play this, you know. Yeah. At, least, at least VHS is around somewhere. Someone's yeah, got one. you can probably dig up a VHS, but yeah, where's, where's a fucking, where's a Betamax player? Like, you know, yeah. seriously, dude. Yeah, I remember my grandfather had one up until probably maybe the early 90s, and that was the last time I ever saw one, you know. But apparently they still store, like, you know, I know up here in Queensland I had a good mate that worked for Channel 7 and all that. A, a lot of old stuff is still stored on beta, on beta tape yeah. because of the quality. Oh, so, yeah, I've got stuff, Sydney stuff, but I don't even know what's on it. It just oh. says secret and it's from whatever era, yeah, that beat it, Max. So I should really start putting this stuff up because I think I'm a bit of a believer in like, yeah, let let it get out there and let people see it. Yeah. Bit bit like you know you're doing this with the podcast and yes. talking, but they're also you know if the visual stuff. If it's still around, don't hoard it and go. Oh yeah, I've got this. I'm not showing anyone. Yeah, I've got it all. Like fuck that. 
you know, let, yeah, let people it. see what happens. Let them see what actually happened back then. Yeah, because, I mean, what purpose does it serve beyond that, man? Like, you know, it's great to hear that you have that attitude. Like, man, because this stuff is – this is history, dude. And, you know, th- this is the purpose of this podcast. We can talk about it. But if we can add a visual aspect to it, if we can add, you know, like just with the Instagram, I try and add as much as possible. You know, if we talk about specific, like, you know, talking about the, the season's greetings whole car that you did. You know, over the course of next week, uh, you know, I'll post these photos and I'll, you know, I'll try and source as much from you as much as you want to give and yeah. as much as you're happy for me to share, you know. But like the the footage, man, like, I mean, that's something. You know, we had Chrissy on the show going way back, you know. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, man, we had Chrissy on and, you know, she, she was saying she's got that many VHS cassettes of old, you know, just old footage. It's like, well, what can we do with it? Like, how can, how can we access it, you know? Like, I mean, there's, the, you know, in time there would be ways to monetize it, but initially – just, uh, uh, you know, let generations that can only, you know, can only hear about this as folklore, at least witness it, you know, in, in whatever, whatever capacity, you know. And, you know, like, you also got to look at the point where, like, you know, some of us might go, yeah, but who would be interested in this? Because oh, that's just what we did growing up. But you sort of start to realise that there are people out there who are interested. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and and even like so, there was the hundred vandals exhibition just recently at the Perth Art yeah, Gallery. Dude, yeah, I was going to ask you about which, it. Yeah, absolutely. Which we, you know, who would have thought that the art gallery, the state art gallery, would turn around and go, "Yeah, we want to sponsor a black book exhibition yeah. of all the guys that started off somehow. They started off writing a name on something. Yes, yep. The criteria you had, you couldn't be just like an upcoming straight out of university street artist. You actually had to had started by writing your name somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was the, you know, the first part criteria was, you know, yes, there's a couple of dudes in there that acknowledge the street arts, but they started by writing their name up in and around the suburbs. Of course, yep. So, you know, um, and it is amazing. They said they had a huge amount of people, like young people coming into the art gallery going, I want to see these black book sketches. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, well, somebody is interested. Fair enough. Bro, even just the engagement we get with these, you know, with this podcast, like, it, 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 you know, it's kind of bugged me out as it's grown and it continues to grow and will continue to grow, we'll continue growing it. But even just that engagement alone, you know, it's kind of like, man, there is a real – there's 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 a real um, want for this history out there. There's, you know, like, yeah, man, people, you know, people want to hear this. I mean, otherwise it dies. It's, you know, or or it just exists as folklore. It's like, oh, did that actually happen? Oh, there might be a flyer of something that exists online or something like that, but there's no one actually telling nor documenting the, you know, the story that exists around it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, hundred yeah. percent. Well, you also just, involved, like, you know, we'll, we'll go through things, but dude, listen, we're already at two hours and 20 minutes. You know, Oh, I was like, fuck's sake. Oh, no, bro. Listen, man, this is gold, brother. This is absolute gold. But, you know, I mean, the right. Edit it down so it's a 15-minute talk. Yeah, oh, I can't. As if. Fucking, man, that's not happening, bro. <laughs> I'll probably edit my intro down. That would be about it. <laughs> it's all been absolute fucking. It's been sensational, man. It's been sensational post the intro, you know, like straight up, dude. But, you know, I mean, you've been involved in a lot of these things. The right for gold one at Luna Park. Yes. So that was my Second attempt at doing an Australian yep. uh, So the Aeroglyphics was the first one. Yeah. Um, and then the Right for Gold, um, which was part of a more of an international. So Aeroglyphics was, you know, Australia only, basically. Right for Gold travelled around the world. Ah. And uh, the paint company that I was working with at the time, um, 
you know, they were sort of like the background sponsor of that and they wanted to do a Right for Gold event in different countries. Yeah, right. Um, so um, uh, I was in a position to say, yeah, you know, I've done this before, um, but I won't do it in Perth because I don't think it'll work in Perth. Yeah. Melbourne yeah. Melbourne was sort of going off at the time, so I said, let's let's do it there um, and had a couple of good people um, in Melbourne um, that I was working with, with uh, Pete and Christy, and I said, look, you know, what do you think? Shall we do this here? And, you know, we all agreed and um, it took a little while to get sort of organised and sort of get it going in that, but mm. we ended up get, getting different crews from around Australia uh, where we had, you know, like a handwriting session, uh, we had a, like a sketchbook sketch a session, we had, they all had to paint boards. It was all done in one day, mm. you know, from the crack of dawn to the crack of night. And um, we did it in St Kilda um, at Luna Park or outside Luna Park in the car park. Yep. Um, they were great. You know, they were like, yeah, you know, use our car park. Yeah, you want to do graffiti, paint our fence. As long as you paint over it when it's finished, yeah. you can do throw-ups all over our fence. That's right. There was a throw-up battle. Um, that's sick. And that's sick, a throw battle. That's dope. Dude, who does that? That's. I was going to say, who does that? Who does who that? Do yeah. Who goes, yeah, let's have a throw-up battle. Yeah, bro. You know, who, yeah. Or there's vandalism. It's like, no, man, it's actually part of the art form and oh. it's a certain skill yeah. that not everyone has. You oh, know, man, listen, I, I love a throw-up, like like a great throw-up as much as a good piece, man. Like, you know, like a, a great throw-up is a great throw-up, dude. It's as good as any piece. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, it's an, it's 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 its own entity, man. I, lo I love a good throw dude. Street bombing, man. Like, that's just, oh. yeah. Dude, you, you can tell someone's hand style, someone's – you know, ability, you know, it's it's almost like, you know, y your tags are your bullets mm. when you go to win, right? Your throw-ups are your, your tanks and your bombs that you throw at each other. You know, your, your, your burners are, you know. The your, battalion. Your, your, your big bombs and, yeah, your yeah. talent. Yeah. And then, you know, your, your your productions are you just your nukes. Yes. And and so we, you know, came up with the concept where, you know, different crews, um, um would would can participate mm. um and uh we set up a couple of stalls yeah it was a cracker of a day when it happened in the end because you know like obviously you know one of the first comments i made is you know there, there's certain writer there's a amount of writers that don't like writers yeah so we had a beef park and beef park didn't get used a lot but a couple of people used it <laughs> so if you had beef with another writer that's where you punched on no you shit, yeah. You didn't bring it into the event. There was a little park on the outside. Yeah. I saw a couple of the, the punch-ons. Um, some of them were pretty classic. You know, dudes were so punch-drunk. They're, they're, they're like yeah. one punch, one punch, one punch, back forth. Um, but it was it was, it was sort of like the we could never advertise that. So it was like the unofficial part of the, the event was, was the part. <laughs> was, the, was the fights going on outside the event? <laughs> yeah, man. The fights yeah. were going on. Yeah, dude. Right. Man, um, you, you embrace every facet of everything. Like, like the, I mean, listen, fucking fighting has been a facet of this culture since fucking day dot. You know, yeah. like it, it is a, it is a, it is, you know, it is a chess beating macho thing. You know, for as as much as people want to cancel out that, you know, that kind of, 
that kind of element these days, you know, where, you know, we don't want to, you know. Everybody gets along. We're all amazing. We're all awesome. Oh, right. That, that, that wasn't the case, man. You know, like that was that was the furthest thing from the fucking case, you know, and you had yeah. to fucking, dude, you had to hold your own. That's what it was. For <coughs> You know, for specific groups, not for everyone. Like that wasn't everyone's forte, man. Don't get it twisted. But, you know, for what it was, man, in that era, to, in, in that era to survive that era, oh, you had to handle your own, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So. <laughs> So Beef Park was outside and unofficial. Beef Park. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. <laughs> and then we we didn't sort of the, – the thing that we didn't sort of realise and fathom was how big the event would become. Mm. We thought the crews would come down. We might have a couple of people come through. So we thought two security guards should sort of oh, comprise the whole thing. Yeah, right. That should be enough, shouldn't it? Two <laughs> security guards? Yeah, yeah. why not? <laughs> we had thousands and thousands of people come. Uh. The event and the security guards even said to us, like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. And we're like, oh, dude, just do the best you can. Yeah. <laughs> we had to have something. And I do remember, like, there was some dude came down and he dissed some guy. There was a there was a there was a rider there in a wheelchair, and this young kid was getting all smart assy on him. Mm. And I remember walking up, and so the smart ass kid was was dissing. The guy in the wheelchair is just going, mate, you shouldn't be talking shit, you know. Mm. You never know what's going to happen to you, mate. And the guy in the wheelchair, all his mates were surrounding the kid that was dissing and the kid did, who was dissing didn't didn't realise that. Oh, wow. And I looked up and I saw it and I thought, oh, God, this kid's going to – he's not even going to make it to Beef Park. He's just going to get <laughs> – it's just parts of his body will just get thrown over the fence. <laughs> I remember just grabbing this kid and going and looking at all the guys behind him and then looking looking back and saying, what do you want me to do with this kid? Yeah. Because I really don't want too much trouble. Yeah, dude. So, and the kid's like realising what's going on and he's shitting himself. And I'm like, do you want him to apologise or do you want me to just let him go and your, your mates deal with him? And this kid's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the, guy, the guy was really gracious. He said, you know what? If he apologises and realises that he's uh, – being a dick, yeah. I'll let him go with a slap or two. Let him ride. And I yeah. said, yep, no worries. And, um, yeah, the kid apologised, got a slap or two and then took off. Mm, mm. Um, yep. but, but, yeah, no, it was a great day. It was full on. Um, Who was involved in it? Who would you have there? Oh, dude, I'm going to be pushing my memory here. I know, okay, we had TFC there. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, I was organising, so I wasn't part of it. Um, Paul was organising, so he wasn't part of it. Dash was in Perth doing a job, so mm. he wasn't part of it. Um, then we had um, KOC crew, Sydney. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. We had DTS from Brisbane. Yep. Um, fuck, man, I'm going to be pushing my, my brain here. I, I'd have to look at the, the lineup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But definitely, oh, man, sorry. No, yeah. that's all good, bro. No, 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 no. I mean, listen, you can't remember every detail of everything. Like, look at what you've done, dude. Look at what you've done. I mean, we're sitting here at two and a half hours. I have that much more I want to ask you about, dude. Like, we've skirted over bits and pieces, you know, like bits and pieces magazine. Um, yeah, there, there was Mad Cruise there. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I've still got all the artwork. Oh, true. Yeah, still on board, still stacked at the warehouse. You're joking. Yeah, man, I still got it all. Bro, wow, wow, um, wow! But there was there, there was heaps of crews. There was it was just mad vibes. Yeah, really good. 
Um, and then there was a jam that night, but unfortunately I didn't make it because I was still packing up all the, the stuff. But, you know. Um, Dude, I mean, you're, you're, I mean, fuck, you're half event coordinator, bro. You know, like quite seriously, you know, like beyond, beyond the, on, you know, like we often talk to, you know, we talk to people that created something here and it takes, it takes a degree of uh, entrepreneurialism, let's say, you know, like it, it takes a, a, and, and foresight, you know, even if you don't realize it in the moment, there was a degree of foresight in just you bringing that pain here or you taking it upon yourself, showing that initiative to create this event to bring everyone to. You know, like it's it, it, it's a fucking amazing achievement within itself. You know, like just from your own your own like just your own standpoint, dude. Well, you know, I suppose when you're passionate about anything and you want to promote it, um, and you, you know, you mentioned it before, there's a lot of ego in this uh, industry. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, you need a certain amount of people who go go a little bit beyond that and want to promote the art form for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I always liked the idea of, you know, the events that I saw overseas that I went to. Mm. I thought, well, the only way it's going to get done is if I do it. That's right. That's you know, right. And I do get people nowadays, oh, you should do another one, you should do another one. But, man, they're too much work. Yeah. They really are so much work. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like you said, it takes someone to do it, man. You know, you got to do it. You just got to get up and do it. You make it happen. Yeah. And you know, there's lots of younger fellas that are that are you know super energetic and stuff like that. So there's lots of room for people to still do those things. Yeah, yeah. Um, that hasn't hasn't been done yet, but you know, someone's going to step up. Oh, of course, man. And you know, and, and we're seeing, like, you know, what 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 you did was the infancy, or you know, I mean, would we even say the infancy? It was the dawn of what you see today. Like here in Brisbane today, we have, you know, the, I think, what is it called? The BNE, the BNE Street Fest, or like there's, there's something in Brisbane. And then there's one in Toowoomba now, and they, which is fucking- Oh, the Street Art Festival. Yeah, yeah. Street Art Festival. Like these are going on, these are going on nationwide now. You know, like these, yeah. these things where, you know, they set up a week of, you know, alleyways and boards and, you know, bits and pieces all over the city where you can visit. It's now like a, almost like a touristy thing. You it know? is, yeah. And you were, you, were, you were doing this thing when it was still being targeted by police, when they were still, you know, like, yeah. Jail, yeah. yeah, bro. Yeah, 100%. All day. Yeah. You know, and it was pretty cheeky to do an event like that in Melbourne oh, when yeah. you've got, got – you know, opposition forces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, want to lock people up and stuff. Yeah. You know, and I do remember the cops came down, but I think they just went too big a crowd. We, we you know, when what are they going to do? Yeah. What are they going to do? do? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, think about that aerosol comp. You know, like in '92, that fucking yeah. graffiti task force, that fucking transit squad, they were still. I mean, they were in full effect in '92. You know, like and yes, you have a congregation of some of the greatest writers this country's ever produced all you know all congregating in one fucking spot you know like it's you know on one hand you can go oh it doesn't seem that smart but on the other hand it was it was a forerunner to what would come you know it was someone understanding that this is this is bigger than uh, you know this is this isn't crime man this is actually legitimate art man and this is where it begins it begins as some sort of subversive movement that you know is misunderstood by those not involved with it yeah but well, I've always amazing. also had this view where, um, you know, if we don't control our culture, if we don't control our art form, um, you know, some corporation will get their 
hands and mitts on it, oh, which they already have. Yes. Um, and they'll, they'll introduce their version of it. Dude, you you, dude, you 100% speak in my language. I mean, that's the point of what we do here. You know, like, yeah. listen, I, I – you know, and I appreciate, like, um, shouts to the handful of people that reached out to me to put me in touch with Shime. Uh, big shouts to Rappel Corby. I, I don't know what he writes or, you know, who he legitimately is. but oh, Rappel, yeah. What's that? Sorry, mate? I see him on Insta. Yeah, dude. Well, he was the one that put me in touch with you. He sent me through oh, your number and then you actually um, reached out. But, you know, like what you're saying is what we're attempting to do, man. You know, like control before someone else takes hold of this fucking, you know, it, it already has been taken hold of. You know, we see it. It's, you know, like I've said it on numerous occasions. I mean, fucking graffiti is now selling tampons on fucking billboards in our central stations, in our major CBDs and mm. shit like that. You know, like it's unbelievable to look at what it is today it's commerce man it's big business yeah. but you know that's the point of doing this man because someone has to hear it from the people that created it before before the people that created either leave us unfortunately or someone else comes along and tries to hijack you know we talk about the narrative you know hijack the yeah. narrative you know reinterpret it man you know like it's this is what it is dude you know this is exactly what it's all about yeah the the number of people i've met more recently in years where they're trying to tell me you know about street art and about you know the art form and that and i'm just like looking at them blank in the face going do you, are you understand what you're talking about <laughs> and they're like oh no it's amazing and i've always loved it and i said what about the letters yeah yeah and they're like, oh i don't really love that so much i'm like yeah but you got to understand people have been painting portraits and landscapes for hundreds and thousands of years, mm. lettering is actually the thing that's different and unique. Mm. You know, every artist throughout art history has done a painting, a portrait or a landscape and signed their name in the bottom corner. Yeah. Writers have taken that bottom corner and blown it up oh. and the landscape has become the background. Dude, what a way to do. That's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. The portrait has become the little side character. And the name has become the, the meaning, and yet you still are, uh, are fooled into believing that, oh, no, but, you know, I really love the characters and I really love the, the landscapes. I, 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 love I, the, I love the realism behind the word, you know, <laughs> dude, the, the, the way it gets interpreted and then psychoanalyzed these days. But then beyond that, it's the perseverance of someone such as yourself, of the people that we talk to, like the yeah. decades, the decades that people put into this that led it to be what it is, where it can now be, where it can now be psychoanalyzed, where it can now be that beautiful, you know, that beautiful picture, picture like, you know, that pho photographic like image on a wall, you know, like, but it was, it was, it started with that letter structure. It started with, as you just said, that little signature in the bottom corner being blown up and the, the, the train line becoming the landscape. Oh, what an amazing way to put that shit, man. That's incredible. And, and you know, when you think about this art form, like, okay, if we want to get busting into like art history side of things, mm. which I, like I said, I failed in high school, but loved when I actually got to Europe. Yeah. You, you, you got people like the impression, like you had art, all, basically all art was painted indoors, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes they paint a landscape when they're looking out the window. When the impressionists came along, they took their canvases outside and painted outside and dudes were like, what the dudes, what are you doing? Come on. No one does that. You know, and then when I look at, and and but the canvases still went back inside into galleries, and the galleries controlled 
who you saw, what you saw. There's so many artists in history that have gone by the wayside and we've never heard of them yeah. because the the art the sorry the galleries decided that you know that we weren't going to promote you know Jonathan because he was you know he he gave problems to the curator of the gallery yeah. so we're not him but we'll we'll promote you know um, Tony because he you know his mates with the gallery owner yeah. whatever what, yeah. however it worked right yeah um, and. And then writers came along, and not only did they take their work outside, but they left their work outside, and the outside became the gallery. So you didn't have to – the galleries lost control over the art form. Yeah. Now, as, as times progressed and more and more artwork appears outdoors, you know, the galleries have sort of lost a little bit of footing. Mm. Because why, why the fuck go to a gallery when I can sit on a train – you know, going to the work in the morning and bang, I can see like half a dozen new pieces yeah, and go, damn, you know, there's, there's the art form. It's, art form's coming to me. Yeah. But that's not with art nowadays so much. The, the internet, the world has changed so much, you know. You don't even have to go out and prepare a meal anymore. You just press your phone and oh, somehow it appears. Yeah, it fucking appears at your doorstep, man. You go yeah. into an app and it shows up at your door, you know. <laughs> like yeah. It's, yeah, that's exactly it. But, dude, listen, we're we're over two and a half hours okay. now. I mean, like, I've got to start wrapping up. Yeah. We've kind of – we've 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 broached – I mean, there's still so much I want to talk to you about, dude. I reckon we probably got to do a part two. But one of the important parts that we have touched on throughout this, but one of, you know, like one of the things you are credited for and deserve the credit for is importing European paint. And you did yes. that from the late 90s and you gave this country the Beltons, the Rells, the, you know, the Maltos, you know, let's go through the brands, you know, the even up. Uh, I th uh, were you involved with Montana at a point? Uh, yeah, so Spanish Montana yeah. um, before yeah. it was 94 um, and it was, you know, Montana. Um, so, yeah, I remember we, we talked roughly quickly about the, um, the price of the exchange rate. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, please tell you, like, you know, explain to people that the exchange rate, when you were bringing these cans in, the exchange rate, it was like 46 cents to the US dollar. Yeah. yeah. So Rust-Oleum became very expensive overnight to import. Yeah. Um, and so I had to start looking around, well, what, what um, you know, what, what currency is good? And I can't remember if we were still trading in Deutschmarks then. I, I think we might have been. Yeah. Uh, but I remember looking at it going, well, maybe, maybe, we should look at the European paints because, one, there's a lot more colours and stuff like that. Um, and like I said, I teamed up with a guy who was importing rail parts anyway. So he he actually gave me a lot of knowledge and stuff on how to um, do importation and stuff. So we it took a couple of goes, but um, I eventually got on to Belton and, um, you know, through the help of Lumet with translating and stuff like that. Yeah. And we bought our first shipment of Belton cans out, a couple of pallets, and they disappeared within the week. Bang. And that was just in Perth. Yeah. Dudes were so hungry for, like, all these different colours. Um, and then straight after that, we're like, yeah, we're onto something here. So we started bringing in containers, not even thinking about for the Eastern States. Um, and then uh, these, there was a shop in Sydney called um, uh, Paddington Hardwood. Paddington might attend. Okay. And somehow they got onto us quite early. Um, and he bought shitloads of Belton's office as well. So, you know, the, the Sydney scene got hooked up pretty fast, and then the Melbourne scene got hooked up pretty fast, and we started selling the European paints all around the country really, really fast um, because there wasn't, you know, the, the choice went from 
maybe 100 colours to hundreds of colours. Yeah. I think at one stage when we were fully up and going, we were up to, you know, we're over a 1,000 colours. Wow. We did the Belton Rouse, which is all the Quasney products, and then we did the um, Spanish Montana products. Um, and so we did them early on. Uh, and, of course, you know, things change, people change. Um, some years we, uh, you know, the, the paint companies in Europe decided to, to do different things, try different people out, and then they came back to us. And, um, and then, uh, you know, a couple of other people got involved in importing as well. Yep. Um, and then, then you had the, um, the guys up in Brisbane who, um, you started know, started doing their own thing. I like Yep, so they started their, their own thing. Um, and, look, it was pretty interesting times. Um, but you had a, uh, I mean, you had a monopoly on things, didn't you, for a while there? For a long time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and really, you know, in essence, I should have moved to the Eastern States, you know, because that's where the bulk of the, the business is. Yes, yep. Um, but, you know, yeah, I had, had the reasons to stay here in Perth at the time to, to do it. And then I did it up until... Um, uh, 2018, when uh, had to go to a different path and do different things. Yes, yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely it was great times, and it was it felt good to be able to sort of you know it's it's the whole thing you know when you you're pushing the, the 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 events, you're pushing better products, you you're pushing the scene hopefully towards a better place. Yeah, definitely, dude, definitely. And well, you're doing. I mean, you're doing it to create a better environment. Mm. You know, and it's not just about, you know, yeah, I got some to use some nice colours and stuff like that, but, um, you know, I got to sort of hopefully change the direction of the, of the art form in this country, and, and you, people will remember that. And you did, dude, and you did, and you are credited for doing so. You know, you are, and, oh, and if you aren't, I hope you are now because, you know, people should <laughs> understand that this is what you brought to this country, you know. How did you find the distribution process? Like, you, did it just, did it grow of its own accord? Yeah, I, and I just, I, you know, you learn, you learn on the run. Of course, right? yeah. Um, and, you know, you talk to people and you just, you just work shit out. You just think, oh, how do I do this? Um, but then, you know, the laws started changing, the freight laws started changing, and then they reclassified the paint from a, a liquid to a gas. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's all sorts of, you know, this, this world, there's always new rules about something. You know, you can't, you can't what, shit shower or sh whatever without having some new rule come in. Right, they're, change, they're changing them daily now, you know, with the, in yeah. the age of COVID, you know, laws are just changing, mm. changing, we're not, even, we're not even aware of it. But I don't even know if I should wear a mask when I go out in the morning. I'm like, is it is it mask on, mask off, mask Man, on, mask off? Fuck, you know. on, wait. I, you know, I, I have to get in the car and I go, okay, what are people doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> don't even, but you know, that's a whole different, you know, story of where the world is right now. Oh, isn't it? Isn't it, dude? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, and the paint painting is great, and I learned a lot of stuff, and it changed the way I paint as well. Um, and I sort of noticed, you know, like. Different people like different paints. You know, some people like, oh, like I'm a bit more of a translucent painter, I suppose, yeah. where I like to layer the, the paint layers. Um, some people just like solid colour, so they use like a 94, bang, you know, it covers. Yeah, yeah. Bang, do a fade, whereas I'm, I like the more subtleness of, of colours. And and you learn that from people. Everyone everyone paints differently. Everyone um, has their sort of own way of doing things and way, own way of flicking things. Mm. Um 
But, but yeah, yeah, it's just. But you kind of large, you largely gave the country that option, you know, that option to have well, to have options, you know, like because, I mean, prior, I mean, we've already spoken, you know, we've spoken at length. Uh, how do I put this? What what uh, like what were you in? Uh, not what were you importing, but at its peak, how many cans at a time were you bringing in? Um, I think oh, we'd always have to go for 40-foot containers yeah, uh, with no pallets because a pallet is a certain height. Yeah. And if you don't have pallets, then you can actually fit another box in above it. Ah, yeah, right. When when you fit another box in. So you pay the same price for a container. You pay, I can't remember what they were, you know, X amount of thousands of dollars per container. Yeah. If you can pump in another two to 4,000 cans oh, for the same and all it means is you've got to hand unload that stuff instead of using a pallet. Yeah. Um, you do it, man. You you know, you, you buy. You're paying for that container whether you've got one can in there, or I think you know fifty. What were they? Twelve, fifty-six thousand cans or something. Jesus, yeah. And uh, yeah, um, pump out you know a few of them a year. Um, so you're you, bringing you're bringing in fifty-six thousand cans at a time, roughly. Or per container, yeah. Per we container. do a couple. We we do a number of containers per year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and the stuff you know, but the other thing you also had to do is is colours would go through seasons, mm. and you'd have to watch the European season and time it because also the paints were made differently in the different seasons, winter to summer. Yeah, yeah. And you know, one one year we got stuck with all these pinks and reds and stuff like that because nobody wanted it. That wasn't the sort of flavour of the month. Um, and we're like, oh, fuck, we called that wrong. Yeah. But there's certain colours, you know. We could have just brought in chrome and black and done well with that. Oh, dude, I was going to say. Um, I, I worked in a graph store here in Brisbane, Crush City, yeah. and any time, blacks, man, black, white, boom, out the door. Techies, yeah. like when the techie got, you know, when the, the translucent black got introduced by Ironlack, oh, man, those things would walk out. Dudes would come in, buy boxes of them at a time. You just, you just got the, you know, you just got the pallets sitting out the back. We're loading, we're loading the racks. We're bringing them in. Man, they're walking out the front door at the same time, straight up. You know what would always make me laugh is, um, you know, so some of the Beltons uh, are a bit translucent in their coverage, mm, mm, mm. but I like that. You know, I can I can use translucent yellows or reds or or the greens, yeah, right? Yeah. And I think, oh yeah, yeah, I can I can layer this color up. I can put you know like um I don't know I can put a a blue down and then go over it with a translucent more colored green to to tint the color. Certainly. And dudes would go, man, this paint's fucked. It's fucking so thin, you know, it's fucking shit. And then at the same time, they go. Oh, check out these techies. Yeah. How good are they? They're like translucent. Yeah, dude. And you can do heads with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that emoji, you know, with the hand in his fucking head in his head. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? Because I, I remember. I, 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 sorry? They diss it, but they love it. Ah, oh, dude, yeah, this, this is the thing. I mean, you can fuck you. you, 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 you if you're going to spend your time trying to make other people fucking happy, you're just going to be fucking chasing your tail. But oh. I do remember some of the early rail, like, you know, I remember the, I think it was like a traffic purple or something, whatever that, there was specific rails, but they were super translucent and they looked runny, you know, but they were fucking, you know, for us, they were $13 cans or whatever. You know, you might get a six pack for $60 or something like that or yeah. 65 bucks, whatever it would, you know, whatever it would equate to. But yeah, dude, yeah, that's it. So yeah, that that always amused me and stuff like that. You know that that side of things. Like, okay, so you hate 
translucent, but you love techies. Yeah, you love the techies. Yeah, you're gonna get the fucking techies. But you know, that's that's what people are like and stuff like that. So yeah, and and, and, and that's also business, I suppose, isn't it? You know, that's what business yeah. is, dude. You know, like it's just yeah, yeah, it's trial and error and all that sort of shit. But listen, brother, like where 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 should we end this, dude? I mean, this this uh, okay, okay, hold on, let me. Um, I mean. What have we skirted over? Bits and Pieces magazine. Dude, Having a stamp. What's that? Oh, we had the stamps. Did Australia Post. Okay. A couple quick little ones. Did Australia Post stamps in 97. Yes. Um, pretty cool. I saw that they did release some street art stamps a year or two ago. Um, but, yeah, no, got to do some stamps. Um, haven't even talked about TFC. Dude, this is what uh, I, I – man, it was the next thing I was going to say. I've got it written at the top of the page. TFC crew. Like, we haven't even gotten into – you know, the, like this is how this is how broad and how deep your history is in this country. You know, like it's we haven't even gotten into one of the premier crews that you were involved in. So we got yeah. So thirty five years we've been going this year. Man, um, we hope to bring out uh, the TFC crew book later in the year. Um, we got sixteen active dudes. Yep. Um, we been we cover. All sorts of aspects of the art form. Sick. You know, we got we got kids Zoom putting light poles through houses and blowing up houses in the states and yeah. burning them down. <laughs> we've, got cars, we've got panel writers. We've got dudes that are doing like, oh, I don't, I don't, don't even know. Like, like Das does a lot of like he's re-releasing the uh, Celsius album covers oh, for sale. Incredible. Uh, Sick. He's doing. He's he's going to release. I think he's going to release the Grand Lodge covers again as posters. Yeah, man. Um, I've, he's got, got, I've got one as a poster. I've still got a Grand. Oh, yeah. I've got a Grand Lodge. Yeah, it's uh, I think what is an A four or something. No, no, no. It's A three, A three, A two, A three. It's amazing. Oh. And I've got it signed by Checkers, uh, Dash, and um, uh, Mortar. You know, yeah. Oh, I love that shit. I've got you know when you mentioned Lazy Grow, I've got an album signed by him from way back when. I don't even where. You know, from Lazy Great, just no like, yeah. I'm like, I don't, I can't even remember how I got it. I met the dude or something like that, and yeah. I was like, man, I like that stuff because, you know, I want to put them all together in, in frames and stuff like that. Because for me, that's that's my, you know, my era, and I I love that stuff. Oh, me too, me um, too, man, absolutely. Um, yeah, and we, I don't know, we got we got heaps of dudes just doing different stuff in the crew. You know, we got chicks in our crew. Um, Lady we've boys. Got, we got poison. We got Chez yeah, out of Sydney. Yep. Um, you know, we we've got dudes. Uh, just, I mean, it, it obviously started as a Perth crew. Um, it's such an with, influential crew too, as as the years have progressed. You know, TFC. I yeah. mean, man, like, uh, you know, uh, as I've stated from the outset, I don't know that much about what was coming out of Perth, but fuck, I know who TFC were, man. Yeah, we've been quite lucky. You know, we're just consistent, like. You know, just keep doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, don't don't try and be you know number one famous, Mister. You know, man at the top of the ladder because there's only one way to go when you're at the top, and that's down. Yeah, true, exactly. So you know, and that's that's our thing, and you know, and and we've always tried to be like, you know, I've never wanted a dated crew. I've never wanted a crew that dudes go, oh yeah, I remember them from the '80s or the '90s. Nah, I want like the relevant crew. Yeah, yeah. And 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 that's what we sort of always looked at is like you know. Um, you know, especially if we think, you know, it's been, it's been a while, let's get a couple of new cats in. And, and you know, we're not after dudes that do the best stuff. We're not after the dudes that, you know, that everyone goes, oh, they're awesome and they're incredible. We're after the dudes that 
want to learn, mm. that have got something to offer the older fellas, that that are that are that are just, you know, they have the same mindset. Yeah, I yeah. suppose as as what is the way we think and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, we're just just dudes that are just like on the same level. Yeah, dude. dude. And and hopefully, you know, and of course, like most crews, you know, we've had issues with him, um, and we've had to drop a few people out. Yeah, over can, time. Yeah, how can you not? I mean, over the course of three yeah. and a half decades, dude, like Jesus Christ, yeah. you know, people are going to come and go. Yeah. So, you know, and, and some of those people do their own thing. Some of them just disappeared altogether. Mm. Um, but, yeah, man, I just it's it's a good bunch of people. Every, every few years we try and get together and do a big production. You know, not everyone can make it. Um, you know, life gets in the way and all that shit. But it's, um, you know, we're, we're all, like, still good friends. Yeah, and yeah. You know, when I talk to other dudes, you know, they, they, you know, crews come and go and stuff like that, or you know, it's a crew because of they were on a certain line or a certain era. Yeah. You know, I'm sort of hoping, you know, maybe in another 35 years when we have a 70th anniversary, mm. you know, we're we're still rocking, and you know, there's there's new guys taking it in different directions and stuff like that. So. Yeah, dude. That that. Um, generations, man. You're giving. You're giving yeah. for you know the next generation. Yeah, and you know, like I, I speak to Dash a couple of times a week, you know, and we're still comparing notes on art, and you know, we're always about like trying to improve stuff, and you know, um, just you know, we're always talking about you know what's our next piece going to be, or yeah. and and then we also take the like we might not say take the piss out of each other, but like like Cab um, uh, organised a bit of a t-shirt design thing, and it, it didn't go too far, but you know, like Dash designed a um, a stealth bomber. Yeah, you know, for a t-shirt, yeah. And then my design was a tank, a double-barrel tank, blowing that stealth bomber out of the water, out of the sky. So <laughs> then, so then, Dash designed the next shirt after that, which was going to be a submarine blowing up a tank. Yeah, yeah. And then, so my next design was like a warship dropping depth charges, blowing up his submarine. Wow. And then his next design was another stealth bomber blowing up my my ship. <laughs> you know, we sort of. Do that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a one-upmanship, but just that friendly competitiveness. Absolutely. You know, like, fuck, it's, you know, it's it's Godzilla versus King Kong, man. It's fucking, yeah. you know, that's, dude. And and big shouts to Dash because, man, Dash is one of the next people that I want to hit up, man, to to have on here. Like, I've got to, I've got to get a Dash, yeah. you know. Like, Dash is, yeah, Dash. Dash is incredible. Like, just a phenomenal artist. But, fuck, you know. He's, he's phenomenal. But, you know, like, everyone, like, I would say about all the guys in the crew, you know, some of them are quiet. Some of them do their thing on the, on the DL. Yeah. Um, well, actually most of them do, you know, there, there's no super egos or anything in there, but they, you know, they're all good people and stuff like that. And, and, and I suppose that's why we all get along and that's why we're all still doing stuff together. Um, you know, and, and, you know, like, you, you know, you got, a poison and, and chess, you know, they hold it down just as much as the boys. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Absolutely. You know? Poise is another one that I have to reach out to. Like people yeah. have said that to me, oh man, you need to reach out to Poise. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, absolutely. And I want to send a shout out to um hold on, let me just find out because dude, we do have to wrap it here, man. We start losing people now. But um <laughs> Oh no, I had someone hit me up because they um oh, it's a podcast are too long. 
Nah, I do. They can never go for too long, man. Like, you know, how, how whatever it takes to capture this history, we do, man. But, you know, once it's three hours, it's kind of like, okay, we're going to have to do a part two. Big, big yeah. shouts to Ethics as well. Ethics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he reached out to me, you know, and I, and I hit him up. I was like, dude, you know, like if I can get shime on, man, you know, I was just like, dude, I'm ignorant to the Perth scene. And he hit me off with a few points and all that sort of shit. So, yeah, big shouts to Ethics. Big shouts to Rappel Corby. Yeah, shouts to Dash. Guys. Yeah, dude. Big shouts to all those people. Big shouts. To, I mean, like social media. You know, for as much as we kind of go, eh, you know, social media, but like it is still, you know, it, it's serving its purpose in this day and age, and it's bringing a lot of us together. You know, like it's we can have these fucking discussions, and we can talk, and we can be like, you know, yo, you, you want to talk to this dude? I've I did this interview a couple of weeks. Oh no, nah, fuck, probably a couple of months ago now, a month and a half ago or something with this um with these guys from Adelaide, the lesson. And in the second episode, I said that man, listen, I want to reach out around the country are kind of focused on melbourne i mean melbourne's our new york how can you go past it you know like yeah. even coming from brisbane dude melbourne is our new york it's impossible to go past the contributions they made in terms of hip-hop you know and, oh, and sydney please. as well but you know in that in that in that video i said man i want to get shine i want to get dash and you know this is on youtube people can go find it and um yeah in the days following that i had a few people hit me up and they're like bro man you want to get a da- you want to get a uh, shine you want to get a dash and i'm like yeah man you know, so, you know, this is the beauty of the day and age we're living in, man. You know, we are far more, you know, it's, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a double-sided sword or whatever, you know, like it's, you know, it has its, its negatives and it has its positives, but, you know, we can, you know, we, we are accessible to one another at very least, you know. Oh, dude, look, haters make the world go yeah, bro, that's that's what it is, man. That's what it is. You know, you ignore the bullshit and you, you know, you cut through that to get to the fucking goodness, you know, that's what it is. But listen, bro, listen, man, it's, right. you know, we're about to go on three hours, bro. I cannot, like, seriously, this is this has just been classic, man. Like, quite seriously, brother. Th- I can't thank you enough. Um, That's all right. Yeah. Um, dude, is there anything you wanted to leave us with? Like, where are you? Like- oh, look, you know, there's a few other things, but they'll take, you know, another hour to talk another about. Another hour you know? to get through, man. Like I yeah. said, I've got notes here, dude. You know, like, I've got notes that, you know, like, I'm like, oh, we could go into this. And I'm just like, man, listen, we got to fucking, yeah. we got to wrap it at this point. But we'll, listen. We'll leave it at yeah, you know, I'll um I'll I'll get that uh aerosol Oz footage to you, and I've got footage of the Melbourne one as well. Oh. Um, aeroglyphics, I'm not sure. I'll have to have a look around. I don't think I've got footage of that, but um, yeah, I'll see, see where you got so you can put some stuff up. Dude, sure. any, anything, man, anything. But I'll, I'll yeah. talk to you over the coming week anyway. This won't go live until next week and shit. So, yeah, it's – um, dude, it's an absolute right. honour, bro. Like, quite seriously, man, it's been an absolute honour. Oh, to, to get even a portion of this story, and I hope people understand the contributions that, you know, even coming over – coming out of the fucking – the you know, the, the furthest reaches of this country, man. You know, like it's – man, you guys changed the game, dude. You changed the game, and you changed it for everyone around this country. Like, we can't thank you enough, man, on behalf of myself and – everyone else man this has been a, just an amazing discussion conversation bro straight up oh no. cheers man it's it's been awesome just yeah. to you know get on the on the list as number 90 yeah you'll be uh, number 92 <laughs> man like listen dude I, I i want to make the march to 100 significant you know like so yeah. I, i'm aiming to make it you know significant you know, contributors to, you know, what we all love, you know, and I, I hate even saying content, you know, because I think content cheapens this. This is just, this is old fashioned conversation, man. And this is in some regards, what's missing out there, man, you know, like just that old fashioned conversation, man, and just getting it and getting that history via that conversation. Once again, shine, bro, Mick, like can't thank you enough, bro. Uh, 
All good, man. Thank you very much for having us. It's been an honour, dude. And uh, just ha- just hang on for two more minutes. I mean, I'm busting for a piss. I'm five fucking beers deep and <laughs> I've got to get out of this <laughs> studio and get home. But um, listen, I'll press stop. Uh, this has been Beers, Beats and the Biz for another week. Once again, just fucking, you know, go to – if you're on – you know, if you're listening via iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please rate. It just helps the podcast out. Boom, 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 all that shit. You heard it at the start. You heard me mishmash through it all. Man, this is it's been another classic, another classic. And shouts to Shime, TFC crew. We may do this again one day we probably need to do a part two big shouts to you bro big shouts to everyone tuning in this is beers beats and the beers catches